Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. This is R&R in the morning. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom, touchdown, Cowboys. Wembenyama about three feet behind the line, got it! It's R&R in the morning with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Good morning! Hey, good morning to you. It's Rob and RJ on a damp and dark Tuesday morning. Don't mind them foggy brake lights in front of you. We'll get you where you're going. Uh, how are you this morning, RJ? Did you enjoy uh, last night's basketball game? Because I did. Yeah, um, last night was fun. Um, last night was fun in basketball. is a great name of a Substack I enjoy. Um, you know, losses can be fun if you... Uh, <laughs> go at them with the right attitude and the right approach, and I feel like last night was a good example of that. Wemby was great, and we got to see a show. You know, uh, granted it was, uh, you know, the shoe was on the wrong place. Let's talk about what matters. Uh, did we break the record? Uh, did we maintain our record of uh, 20 or more assists in a game? 21 straight games with 20 or more assists. 29 for the Spurs on Monday night. Watch out, 1986 Lakers. 19 games I think separate we need, us and you. I think we need to come up with uh, like a, a double X with a circle that we have stickers behind me that we start counting down. When we oh, get to like, 10. Like we used we just, to do on the on the baseline. Yeah, uh, like, like you would add K's. Or, playoff, or, or well, you, look, they, would, they would do the 16 playoff games. Yeah. They would do the, like, you know, whatever. Because uh, I'm all about insignificant stats, unimportant stats. Because while they did get uh, over 20, how many? What do we get? Uh, 29, 29. 29. That's not bad, really. Uh, 29. That's impressive. Normally at 29, you're talking about winning basketball. But when you're going up against uh, short wilt, uh, that uh, in, the, in the name of Joel Embiid, who was just ridiculous last night, uh, 70 points, 18 rebounds. You know. But, you know, for, in, in order for something like 70 to occur in the NBA, by the way, Carl uh, Anthony Towns had 60-some-odd last night, too, but his was oh, a loss. It was, it was quite a night in the association. So a lot of buckets last night. But to to give up 70, Pop, if you watch the game, it was a baptism of sorts. Victor was left alone on Embiid a lot last night. Not a lot help coming. Uh, for the rookie who got beaten to a pulp. And to his credit, he kept coming. I mean, it wasn't like he ever quit, and the buckets were there. He did some <laughs> some ridiculous things. I, uh, on my feed, you know, I've cut the cable, so I have access to some things that maybe some others don't. But I, uh, And I, I assume everybody did. I could have watched, I watched a little bit of the Spurs broadcast that had uh, 
that had and Sean the, doing the color. And, the but, NBA TV. and then the NBA TV. So yeah. I watched the second half of the game on NBA TV just to get kind of the, you know, the universal perspective. Um, um, okay. And what was that? Well, uh, I'm curious, which side of the fence did you watch? I'm a loyalist, uh, yeah. so anytime I can, I like to watch the uh, the regional. Yeah, sports. me too. You know, I, I, I'm not I, I'm I'm not anti that, but I realized at halftime that uh, looked like Embiid was going to go for something huge, <laughs> and uh, and well, the Spurs sure have been playing well too. So I wanted to get the narrative from from a national guy. Uh, not that's, that I knew those fair. guys. So I, I watching fair. the second half, and it was certainly a a uh, an Embiid highlight reel. But oh. Watching poor Victor alone. I mean, it really was. First of all, the game started fast. I mean, they played well. They were hitting buckets. 34 points, I believe, in the first quarter. Uh, they came to play. Pop had them ready. They were fired up. This was one of those things. I, you could tell that Brett Brown, uh, sitting on that bench, was given scouting. And this is a team that wanted to go win one for the Gipper. You know, let's go get one for Brett because the process that they're playing as the fruition was begun by Brett and suffered through it. So I think they came to the game ready to kick a little ass, take some names for uh, the assistant. And they started fast. But Embiid also remembered Brett Brown and uh, saw no double teams ever and just went nuts. I mean, that was it was an exhibition. Uh, 35 uh, first quarter points. <laughs> like, I mean, what, a, what a gift. Well, like, 35 it, it, second quarter points or second half points. I mean, like... You know, the the tenor, and we were chatting about it, but it was kind of like, I think, what did you say? You were like, the boys came to play. Like, it kind of seemed like. That first quarter, I, dude. Well, the, the seasons like this are such a, a challenge because these these are like amazing appetizers at the restaurant. You're like, this this might slap. This whole thing might just be amazing. You know? Right. <laughs> and then. You know, and then the dinner comes out, and you're like, yeah. well, the portions are kind of small, and it, it kind of took a long time, and I'm actually kind of fooled now right. because it's been so long since the appetizers, and, like, the whole experience has started to fade by that point. But by that point, you know, dessert was good because we got to watch a dude go get 70. Now, it's against us, but we were there. We were in the room. I mean, when the jersey gets sent to, to Springfield and the picture of him hitting his 70th point, uh, there'll be a, a, a uh, yeah. I was going to say a silver jersey, but that's not what they had on last night. Uh, what, what were they wearing? Uh, they were wearing. The were they wearing white? Were they in white last? They were. No, they were in the. They oh, were, they were in that ugly uh, city edition. We, I don't. Uh, a conversation those. that we had just had, by the way. And we're going to yeah, we're chasing I, this guy. Uh, RJ found an article about uh, the decision making process behind what uniform is worn when. And how, you know, back up until the mid-90s, you had two jerseys. You had home white and, and road color, you know, other color. That was it. And now, you know, you never know who you're watching. And uh, I did not like that. The only jersey that's as bad as the Spurs that I've seen so far, and there's been some bad ones on these city editions, that city of brotherly love, could they add some more words to the front of their jersey? Maybe we get a whole paragraph. Maybe um, maybe they should have the entirety of the Constitution on um so I was telling, I was about to tell you, but then we had to start this show. Um, Damn it! What my my favorite non-classic Spurs jersey is, and I recognize this is incredibly niche. Are you ready for this? Ooh, your so favorite, of, the best, yeah, my favorite, the best. Non, Again, like I would also, I'll, um, I would admit that like 
the Los Spurs jerseys are kind of in their own box, um, you know, like, because they, they're repetitive. You know, I'm talking like something that was only worn like one time, one moment in time, you know. Wow, like just one, a one-off jersey? A, I mean, a one. Like, like one, one season's one, worth of. Uh, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your. your... The 2015-16 Christmas day jerseys i loved those with the like kind of santa font you know what i'm saying like the s was real swoopy i'm looking it up i sent you the link so uh -oh. you've got this 2015 16 christmas jerseys the the s was just incredible it looked i mean they looked like saint nick like it was just this massive oh s. yeah yeah the script ones you know the rangers kind of copied this idea this year Did you notice that the, their black and white jerseys yeah. had this kind of uh Mid thirties script to it. No, that was a good jersey, and that was a one-off, dude. I don't think we ever saw that again. Now we saw a similar thing the next Christmas. Um, the, the jersey was black and the font was silver, but it just didn't hit the same. Yeah, for me. this um, had, this was a jersey that. There's a reason why we can't go back to this. But I don't mind the city editions all too much this season. Um, they're okay. Um, there have been worse ones, to be very clear. The word anathema but, comes to mind. I, I, I despise them. You notice that the coaching staff no longer wears those pink coaching polos that oh, they the, wore like, those the one time. accessories man. and everything. Let's, hey, I got an idea. Let's put in a bunch of old men in skin-colored long-sleeve polos so that when you first turn on the TV, it looks like nobody's got a shirt on. Let, 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 let's do that for a show. And, you know, let's make sure the 82-year-old coach, you know, that guy, make sure he looks like he's shirtless. That, that'll uh, really get the viewers in. So... It sucks whenever somebody goes off for 70 points against you, back to what happened. Eh. But uh, but it was cool because it was Kobe Day. It was 18th year anniversary, mm -hmm. 81, so that, that this would happen on that day. I mean, you know, if, if it's got to happen to you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, but the fact that Carl Anthony Towns also went off, like, that, just kind of cool. This, well, this, if you want to encapsulate two players' careers in one night. It is Embiid getting 70 in a win in the regular season. And it's Carl Anthony Towns getting 65 or whatever that was in a loss at any point. Because both of them kind of sum up both guys' careers as a whole in one I, fell swoop. I agree. I'm just saying sometimes like sports are very sportsy. And you're like, man, this could only happen in sports. And that they would both... Yeah. Again, the fact that it was the two of them. Is on a Kobe day. Yeah, the fact that you would get these two monstrous days on Kobe day is just like, damn, sports rule. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just a cool thing. It is. They're, they're, you know what? You know what we needed right then? That it was that. Some nights you need sports just to get those things. Just to yeah. see the coinkadink, the uh, irony, and also the the long line of sporting history that, you know, there's things that we've seen before and we can compare to, and we understand the value of the moment because we've been in those moments before that's, and it happens on a Monday, Monday night on a foggy, rainy Monday night that you get to watch Joel and Bede go get 70 and do it in ways that even as a, you know, a, an enemy, even as an anti, you go, holy crap, did you just, he just hit a fadeaway three, too, just to top it off. He just hit for the cycle. I mean, or <laughs> just watching him get pounding Wimby in the paint over and over and over. Good night it of felt, basketball. <laughs> it felt also, uh, it, I mean, it felt like he left a lot of meat on the bone. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like, you know, like if, if we were the, 
you know, the dog of the situation and the master gives us the bone, it's like, you left a lot on yeah, this. Yeah, man. You know? uh, <laughs> like, I thought you were this. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of, you know, I don't want to disparage a 70-point performance, but it's kind of like. It could have been 80. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. Could have fallen. It yeah. could have been 80 if they really wanted it to be. Let's not take away where credit was due. Wimby had a hell of a night, too. 33, he did as good as the kid could have possibly done, but he was swimming up a waterfall, man. It wasn't going to be possible. That's part of the story. Hey, Dan Quinn, one option down. The uh, Tennessee Titans have got them a brand-new head coach. And, you know, it always happens. You get a hot quarterback, and you're the QB coach, you're the OC, guess what? You are next in line. We'll tell you who is the Tennessee Titan next head coach. We're going to talk about how Dallas might be going all in, and it makes a little bit of sense. We're going to talk about it in about 15 minutes. Uh, there's a plan afoot, maybe, possibly, you could justify what might be happening? And then we'll talk about free agency, of course, as it's around the corner. Uh, lots to get into on a full and exciting sporting day, so you chose correctly. He's RJ, I'm Rob, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. The Jim Rome Show. Hey, Jim Rome here. And back in the military city of San Antonio. Weekdays at noon on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Rob and RJ with you. So uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, we saw the uh, Tennessee Titans have uh, completed their coaching search. They want to turn Will Levis into uh, Smoking Joe. Joe Cool. The... uh, Titans have hired the uh, Cincinnati Bengals OC. I, I wouldn't call him the architect of the offense, but if he got a little bit of Joe Cool on him, it certainly couldn't hurt Will Levis, who was a bit of a gunslinger, too. The Titans have a new head coach, and really the story there is uh, Dan Quinn didn't get it. But I didn't think that Dan Quinn was going to get that job. That was, that's been a defensive-centric team with Vrabel for a long time. Uh, I think they're ready to kind of – let Will Levis expand his game under the premise of a, a guy who's thinking offense first and not uh, uh, you know, running for three yards in a cloud of dust and hoping for a turnover or two and a 21-17 to 17 win. I mean, I think it's the right choice given their situation. Um, you know, the Titans have been in a weird funk. Do you know who the previous head coach was prior to Mike Rabel? Oh my gosh! It's been a long time. Um, was it the uh, mustache? It was Mike Malarkey. <laughs> um, yeah, and in how long ago did Mustache leave, Mister Five Hundred? Uh, well, I saw. I like off the top of my head, I was like, it had to have been, you know, right. You know, I was like, maybe he proceed directly preceded him. No, Ken Wisenhunt had a year in twenty fourteen. Oh, um, that led to them having the number. He was offensive guy, wasn't he? Wasn't Wisenhunt an offensive he, coordinator? Yeah. He was. Uh, he was the coach of the Cardinals when they lost to the Steelers. In the there you go. Um, yeah. Then, I was then at that Mike one. Munchak preceded him. Jeff Fisher's last season there it in is. Tennessee was actually 2010. 10. So it's it's been, it's been a minute. You know, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, like, of of all available archetypes, I think Tennessee was in a position to go with the young, hot, whiz kid Absolutely. I think this Ryan was a Callahan's. good move. But, that you know, with yeah, Callahan there, um, Dan Quinn um, – it, they, the odds improved. Now, now, what would you say that I – mean, what's Seattle going to do if it's not Quinn? It's really the question I have to ask myself. 
Um, if Seattle does not hire Dan Quinn, it's probably because they hired Mike Vrabel, right? Like you, you want like you're like, well, Vrabel's like Quinn twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Um, like I think the yeah. important thing to remember is if you're the Seahawks and you're hiring Dan Quinn, you're hiring current day Dan Quinn, not not literally Dan Quinn of ten years ago who led you to the Super Bowl on defense. Like I mean, a lot of times. Well, he's not awful. I, I'm not. I'm not no, going mean, to completely blow the guy up because uh, of his, you know periodic absolute debacles but yeah i i agree with that premise and i do think as you believe that i i'm putting words in your mouth but i I, i'm under the assumption that you you think dan quinn's not going to get another gig and is going to be coming back and let me put it this way rob it was maybe i don't know 20 minutes after the show ended yesterday that there was a report that dan quinn was going to have a second interview with the titans and then like six hours (laughs) Later, they, okay. they had a brand you new You confirmed exactly was, what we thought, <laughs> and we're yeah, going another uh, direction. So, at this point, I mean, like, just kind of play the odds. Um, or, or not play the odds, but but put yourself in their shoes. So, so take yours off, right? You know, air the air right, your right, right. And, and put on the put on the Seattle Seahawks shoes. Like, is Dan Quinn the guy? Like, like, do you really uh, want to like? You know, do you really want to open a door to the past like that? Like, do you think that's what's in, in your best interest? Well, I can no. tell you this. I do know that there are players on that team that adore him, that look at him as the uh, the martyr for what was. That the guy that that was gone first in an era where you lose coaches like that and uh, probably never got another opportunity when he should have. And I do think there's just, there's a player or two, or there's there's guys in the roster. There's an ownership faction where I do think that sentimentality does kind of matter, especially when you just fired Grandpa. I mean, you just fired think, everybody's favorite old man. I do think though that if anyone has shown a willingness and an ability to think objectively, it's the Seahawks, right? Like they disconnected from Russell Wilson, they severed that emotional tie, and then they severed the the tie mm-hmm. to your point to Pete Carroll, like. If anyone is willing to be like, look, we had some good times, but like that's not in our best interest right now. It's the Seahawks. Okay. So I'm I'm not convinced. And the other opportunity that he has a second interview with is the Washington Commanders, and that just doesn't make sense. From no, you know, for a lot of they reasons. Re- they really need like the the hot. I mean, they mm-hmm. need something you know to to give to people, especially our, if they are going to rebrand again. I mean, you know, like it just you know, but that doesn't, it would. Yeah, it would be Ron Rivera again. It would be it would be a retread of what they just experienced. So here we sit. I mean, this is exactly what we were afraid that the wor- we thought bad case scenario had already occurred. You know, we we assumed that once McCarthy was back, that there would be a, at least I did a sacrificial offering. And if normally, if it ain't the head coach, it's the closest coordinator in the room. And it just happens to be Dan Quinn would be my choice. So that doesn't appear to me. So. Um. Is it this still is, possible? Can you give a man some some hope that Jerry will breed the wind and, and step out and offer us Dan Quinn to appease us? No, but it's amazing that in the span of less than a week, you've gone from I need blood. I do. I, need I still blood. need blood. But you've got me convinced. For you guys that've been paying attention to RJ, which you better start paying attention because he told us what was going to happen before it did before. I think you're right that it's not going to be blood. It's going to be bounty. It's a toy. What's, it, what's the saying when you go across the border? Uh, uh, silver or lead? How do you say that? Uh, I don't know. Plato or something. I, I, you know, you come back with half a finger if you do it wrong. I don't wrong. know what circles you're running in. Oh, uh, man. Some but, of my best friends. No, you know what uh, I'm saying. It's either blood or silver, no, no, no. B- silver or lead. And uh, uh, let me, 
Let me put it to you this way. Okay, so your your two options that are realistically staring you in the face, whether they're based out of silver or lead or whatever, <laughs> are uh, Dan Quinn's not going to return, and he's er, I'm sorry that he's not going to get a head coaching. I don't job. think he he's is, gonna, and he's going to return. So that's that's door one. Door two is the Cowboys are bungling this so badly that they're actually letting all would be defensive coordinator candidates interview that elsewhere. Is a nightmare, even right? even if Dan and so if Dan Quinn does leave. Now they're like two weeks behind everybody because they've just been like, well, I mean, leave if you want. Uh, but, you know, th- this is such a lazy Well, there is thing. Al Harris. He hasn't gone anywhere yet. But he might go with Dan Quinn. And and that's the pro- Like, if, if Dan Quinn were to leave, I mean, they can't – they can block a uh, lateral move, a lateral interview or whatever the case may be. But if Dan Quinn were to be like, I want to bring Al to be my defensive player, they can't stop that whatsoever. No, but and they so can pay him. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying that I think I'm I'm honest here. If you were to tell me they were going to go find some brand new defensive coordinator with a different idea, I'd go. I'm listening because this style, while it's fun in October and November, ain't no fun in December and January. It just it hasn't been, and for me to think it's gonna be, it's not. So if you told me we're changing scheme and coach, I don't care who the hell it is, I'm down to listen. I don't think they know what they're doing though. Like they're just waiting. Like actually, the fate of the Dallas Cowboys defense kind of rests on other people's opinion of Dan Quinn. Because mm-hmm. if he does get a job again, the fact that they aren't, you know, doing some sort of serious work in the event that he leaves is sort of lazy. You know what I mean? Because again, what if what if this afternoon their season ended a week and a half ago? What if this afternoon Dan Quinn got the Seahawks job? I mean, you know what I mean? They've wasted what, ten right? days. Well, you we know, assume that, but I I don't think they're that stupid. I, I just I think you're I, I'm way fa- too big of a benefit of the doubt. You know what? Nine times out of ten, I have uh, relied on the kindness of others, and most of the My times, I have been let down. But uh, when I, and given this situation, I just feel like if this is a failure, if they continue to stumble and trip down this off season, this is a, a failure of cataclysmic proportion. That that if Jerry doesn't fix this now, he is not going to live to see another one. That, that literally he won't be in the seat when it happens. Because he started to right wrongs. You know, he, he got the things right. He's gotten right with God and Jimmy. And, and now it seems like things, if you don't do this just right, if you don't plant your foot in the perfect spot, you're going to step on a mine and it'll be over for you. And so that's why I think all of us are so upset. Like, dude, before we were like, man, we better get one before Jerry leaves us. Now we're starting to think, you know, we're five, six years away. Um, I think what's frustrating is it would not, it would still be frustrating, but, but it's what's maddening is that there doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, will to, to right. change this. Right? Like, don't you and see so, it? Don't you so, see your house is on fire? Um, so it's our house, first of all. But um, well said. We didn't really. We talked about this yesterday uh, as we closed the show. The Houston Astros, as last week began, I know Edwin loved this. Um, signed Josh Hader in yeah. free agency. Nice and biggest free agent contract that Jim Crane has ever handed out. Mm-hmm. Ninety-five million dollars. And everybody said all off season long, every off season, Jim Crane's not going to do it, not going to do it, not going to do it. He doesn't like to hand out that big money in free agency. He barely likes to hand it out to his guys within the building, exactly within the clubhouse. And you know what Jim Crane said? You know what, man? We're in the middle of a window. We're, we're in the middle of a Gotta run. Got to do it. 
like we, yeah, like we've got to do something a little bit different. Think a little bit differently than we have in the past. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna throw ninety-five million dollars at Josh Hader. And you know what? A lot of other people would have said, "Do you got Ryan Presley?" In fact, a lot of people have said that. A lot of people have said, "What are you gonna do, man? You have you have two amazing you know closers now. What's gonna happen?" He's like, "I don't know. We're That's gonna RPP, have two amazing man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna have two amazing closers. We're gonna be just fine." And so, like, that's where the Cowboys are like, well, we've already got one, you know, of whatever the case may be, which is why I would appreciate if the Cowboys could take a page out of Jim Crane's book and, and kind of go all in. Well, let's I, talk I about that. that. Let, yeah, let's, let's get there. Because how are we going to know what's going on without them telling us what's going on? If they're not going to be active, they if Jerry and the group ain't going to be active in free agency, they're just treading water. We're going to talk about that and what the expectations should be. If they're standing pat upstairs, what are they going to do downstairs and on the field? Uh, this is Robin RJ. You're on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. This is Andrew Monaco, and you're listening to the home of the Aggies, 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Didn't have my life on a search for nothing. I came up with something. It's all again. I found myself by the rim and jumped. Robin RJ. Hey, speaking of, thanks, uh, Andrew Monaco. Aggie going to play Missouri tonight in College Station. Game goes at 8. You can catch it live on uh, San Antonio Sports Star tonight at 7.30 with the pregame. So... It's looking more and more apparent. <laughs> I, I keep acting like there's a possibility that it won't be, but it, this is where we're going. That it's going to be complete run it back. With one exception, uh, we'll have at the very least one guy uh, with a contract that will expire. And we uh, and it's very likely. Well, no, it's not likely, but it's possible, I guess, that uh, the Cowboys might just decide to let uh, Dak have a prove-it year one more time. I mean, it only costs you about 20 extra million a year, but you know. Who's counting? If he has a great one. But if they're not active in the free agency market, what does that tell you? If, if they're not going to go out and give us uh, some silver instead of us uh, offering them some lead, uh, what does that tell? Where are we going? So I wrote about this. It'll come out later today at blogontheboys.com. Um, I piggybacked off of something that Jason Fitzgerald wrote on Monday. And who is Jason Fitzgerald? If there is one person in the world who knows anything about the NFL salary cap, it is Jason Fitzgerald. Literally Thank you for – yeah. I'm very uh, aware. I just want everybody else to know that the – Yeah, literally, the literally wrote a book. Your guru. Uh, some, I some think we've actually here. had him on our show. Yeah, I mean, he, he makes the rounds. I don't know where his book is. I know I have it. But anyway, um, wrote a book, understands it, runsoverthecap.com, which is the preeminent uh, a word you taught me resource for NFL salary mm-hmm. cap information and understanding. Um and every now and then there's a situation in the NFL that kind of, you know, merits particular discussion. And he'll, he'll pen something usually. Right. And so the Dak Prescott situation is, is of that variety. And he wrote something and, and kind of presented, you know, the argument for each option. Can you cut Dak? Can you write it out? You know, whatever. And, you know, he's a Jets fan. I think that's an important <laughs> lens to look at all this through. So um, he said what he would do is, you know, not – signed Dak to an extension now. But he notes that if you believe, and this all comes down to each person, right, you know, your favorite flavor of ice cream, so to speak, if you believe, Rob, that Dak is the future, you want him as the, the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys for 2025 and beyond, then you got to get this done ASAP, right? Like, you, you have to get this done ASAP because you need to benefit from the relief 
that the extension Okay, I want you to stop right there. Card. I think exactly. as we head in the direction we're going, I think we have to have certain periods in the sentence to ask questions. So right, right now my question is, as where we're going, what do you think the percentage is of Cowboy fans right now that believe Dak will be, no, the better question is, should be the quarterback of the Cowboys in 24-25, uh, a year from now? I think it's a moving target, but I think it's probably somewhere between 45 and 55. So you think there's over 50% of the Cowboy fans right now believe Dak should be, deserves you to have be? To, you have to separate that question, though, in, in, or you have to include reality with that yes, question. Yes, yes, I agree, I think, and that's why I'm going. I just want to ask you that question first. Is it, is, it, what's the, is it above 50? Are we doing a preponderance here? And how much does the fandom reflect toward Frisco and the, the, the decider in, in Jerry and Steven? I think I speak for a lot of people in saying I believe in Dak Prescott's capabilities as a viable starting quarterback in the NFL in 2025 and beyond. But you also have to reckon with the reality of the situation that the Dallas Cowboys are facing. And not just like team success, but where their head coach is at. Like they mm-hmm. are on the border of a potential reset. So you cannot do that. You can't have one foot. You can't hokey pokey this. You know what I mean? You can't right. have one foot in different camps. And so, so you, ha- you have to be willing to say that you it might be time in an overall landscape to disconnect next year and you have to i think maintain that option and that okay so that, okay so if they if they're not active in free agency and they're going with uh, uh what's the guy's name again I want to make sure we give it give it credit Jason Fitzgerald with Fitzgerald's premise that you know letting this play this thing play out might not be as bad a financial sense as a lot of people are saying and, well, and his the, ar- his argument is actually to go all in in free agency his argument is that if if you just sit back and do nothing, you're actually getting the worst of both Right, right. Worlds. So if, if they decide, it. okay, we're going to let Dak play it out, the the only thing we can do then is to really go all in and give him every possible weapon, knowing full well that we're going to burn this house down or we're going to burn this field at the end of this season. Like this field is not going to be plantable for about a year, and we're going to burn it all down. And that might involve losing Dak and maybe somebody else along the way, considering where we're headed. So I think that the cons to that idea are cons that a lot of people are willing to live with. So no Um, Dak and no Bland kind of stuff. Or no Dak and no, we lose a tackle. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure, not worst case, but pretty bad case scenario. One of the worst cases is that Dak walks for nothing. Just because he's a franchise quarterback, you could conceivably get something for him on the open market or yeah, against yeah, yeah. A, a, in a bidder's market. But you know, if if you don't do an extension because he has a no tag clause next year, you risk him walking for nothing. That would stink. But again, maybe you're willing to reckon with that reality. I am. So so okay. So what you one line of thought, and and again, Jason outlines this, and I included it in what I wrote. Um, is instead of extending deck, you just do some sort of restructure. You just wave Another your magic pen over it. Yeah, and and you you assign some some cap, you know, percentages make it, to the future. Are yeah, you talking about making him a tradable commodity for with another year, uh, a salary no, that's you, easily moved? No, 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 no. no? You, you're just you're lowering his cap number for this year. That's all you're doing. You're, you're just pushing some. You're kicking some of that down the road, and you'll have to eat that eventually. But it won't be a significant like weight that you're holding in 2025 and beyond. You just do it in an effort to you know to gain some salary cap space right now because you need that salary cap space to go out and acquire right. other talent for this year. 
And so that is honestly my, because my question and, to you as you go further is if you're going to make a deal, you have to have two agreeing parties. Why would Dak agree you, to that? You don't have to have Dak agree to restructure his deal. You have to have Dak agree to extend his deal, but restructuring his deal and, and you know, just kicking the can, the money stays the same. The money is his no matter what. You know what I'm saying? You're but just he has to agree on how you give it to him. You can't just no, decide, you, really? You can decide, like, okay, fact, instead of you giving it all today, I'm going to give it to you in three years? Well, Unilaterally? Generally, when you re- generally, when you restructure, you're actually giving money now. Well, yeah, but, but you're just you're changing the account. What if I don't want that? All. I mean, again, most NFL contracts allow for restructures to happen at the team's disposal. That's why I didn't know it was just the team's disposal. I thought it had to be agreed upon. And normally, I so, guess it would be. What the heck? But, okay, we got to talk so about the, that. Uh, we're up against it, and I want to make sure we are doing things uh, predictable. Uh, you'll see why digitally very soon. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, we're going to continue talking that. We're also going to try to read the tea leaves as uh, Callahan is now your new head coach over there in Tennessee. Uh, what are we looking at when we look at the general managers that, uh, at, that the Panthers, dominoes are falling? What I'm getting at is, are all the coaches going to be gone by the end of the week? It appears the first one has fallen. Who's next and why? We'll talk about it next along with all your Cowboy talking. Don't forget, Wimby got 33 last night, and that wasn't even close to being the high scorer of the game. We're talking about silver and black at seven. Hold on, a lot to do. This is Rob and RJ, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio's Sports Star. Rob and RJ here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Don't forget, just uh, a couple minutes from now, we're talking uh, Spurs, the silver and black. The, they go down in uh, Philadelphia and got to watch something pretty incredible as they did. Embiid got 70. We'll look at how and why things went down in Philly and look forward to the next week of home games as the Spurs uh, get their just desserts after a week on the road. Uh, we saw the first head coaching new hire uh, happen, at least uh, um, yeah. This first one, right? Uh, no. No. Um, I feel like, yeah, somebody yeah. else got a gig. but uh, Well, we've had two. Um, the Patriots already promoted Yeah, that's right. Mayo. That was fast. And the, and the Raiders locked in Antonio. Yeah, but the, the Mayo one, uh, the Antonio one, that was just uh, – and congratulations yeah, I mean, this, to Mark Davis, by the way. Congratulations to this cat. Did you hear what he said? You know, hey, I've made some bad decisions in the past, so at least this time all the players are in it with me. So I, I'm going to go ahead and keep the guy that the guys like. I, I, I appreciate that haircut. Good job. I mean, that's also like at some point you had to do the thing that literally everybody said you should do. Right. You know what I mean? Like you've tried everything else. So, um, yeah, I agree. But Brian Callahan, the first of the um, obviously no. Any relation to Bill? Or Antonio Pierce. Uh, not to my knowledge, but uh, he's the first significant domino to fall. Yeah. So who do, you, who do you think is next? Well, this could be the week. Um that we see some of these things. I think maybe we get a Mike Vrabel answer. We also so, um, so tomorrow you just Nick said Sirianni's somebody else. Post. Okay, so you you just you you still haven't mentioned Harbaugh or Belichick. I well, thought you oh, mentioned. I thought one of those would be the those, first dominoes. Like those are the two everybody wants. Those I don't know that everybody wants. Like, really? uh, and I don't. I'm I'm not saying that nobody wants them, but like they feel kind of matter of fact, right? Like, I mean, in in your mind, in the in the not even the deep recesses in the are front recesses a thing? But in the front recesses of your mind, the shallow recesses. That's abscess. Recess um, and abscess. Are you, have you associated Belichick with anybody but the Falcons? Have you associated Harbaugh with anybody but the Chargers? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it seems like, like these two pairs have just eyed each other from across the dance floor and have started mm-hmm. to gravitate towards each other. Whereas like Brian Callahan, you know, 
he went and danced mm-hmm. the Cupid Shuffle with one person, you know, <laughs> then the Cha Cha Slide with the other. You know what I mean? He was kind of mingling. Uh, whereas these these pairs have kind of they kind of showed up together. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the way it's been. Hey, uh, I want to remind everybody we're playing golf in March. It's the twenty fifth. Go to SA Sports Star at your discretion, but I would say post haste. Uh, get yourself signed up. We're already filling up. All this wonderful rain is going to make for a beautiful golf course. The Texas outing, March the 25th. Get yourself signed up post-haste. Wimby went and got 33, and what was a great performance overshadowed just a bit. Spurs go down. We're talking about it next. This is Robin RJ. You're on 94.1 San Antonio's Sports Star. This is R&R in the morning. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom, touchdown, Cowboys. Wembenyama about three feet behind the line, got it! It's R&R in the morning with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Good morning! Good morning to you. It's Rob and R.J. Dance if you got a pair. Have yourself a fine Tuesday. Thanks for choosing us early in the morning. We'll take you all the way through what will be a full and exciting sporting day. Last night, uh, we got to see the Spurs uh, perform uh, for their one and only uh, visit in uh, to the city of brotherly love. I know that because that's what the Sixers jersey said on the chest. <laughs> um you knew that this was one of those circle games, the reigning MVP, the uh, the new Wilt, as it were, um, getting to take on Wimby. And we knew it was going to be interesting uh, from the video as the game got going. You saw Embiid uh, walk over and talk, uh, look at uh, Wimby for the first time and see him in full Technicolor and the size he brought to you. He is RJ Ocho. I'm uh, bl- the blogging the boys managing Poobah. Uh <laughs> We call him RJ. Uh, it, it was interesting to just see the very beginning because Embiid was impressed, but uh, that might not have been the best thing for him uh, for uh, Wimby because uh, Joel opened up a can. I mean, I don't. I really don't know how you can take this as a bad thing. No, I mean, you know, was it frustrating on in like a vacuum? Yeah, of course. But uh, Wimby went off, and it took seventy points <laughs> from you know the reigning MVP. Look, I mean, well, like, they only I, needed I, I 55. Mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to cope, but even then, like, to your point, it, he only he needed 55 to win. I mean, you know, something like, like if, you, if you were looking for a, a way to spin, a way to cope, a way to whatever, it took, you know, a Herculean performance from the, the modern-day Hercules of the NBA to beat the Spurs. <laughs> you know what, RJ? I, I, I get the sense that's if I'm pop in the locker room, that's what I'm saying. I mean, my, my goodness. Now, you knew it was going to be a choice, a, a difficult thing tonight you know it's kind of one of those circle games because if you're joel if you're Embiid, i'm the man to be the man you're gonna have to beat the man and you know that uh nick nurse is no no stranger to the nba world he knows what the hierarchy is so the plan was for Embiid to go off they knew exactly what he was capable of and i know pop knew that i'm not sure wimby knew that as a 20 year old rookie but pop knew that this was going to be, he was in for some barbecue chicken tonight, and guess what? He was going to be on the plate. He wasn't going to have a napkin. He was going to be on the plate. And uh, he got destroyed by Joel Embiid and spent most of his 28 minutes. He got 33 points in 28 minutes, spent most of that time alone on Embiid. Good. 
I mean, yeah. this is what this Ooh. is what we want. I mean, you know, who I'm not saying you're upset. I mean, but this is what we want. We, you know, put some, you know, wear some of the tread off the tires. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like that's we, you know, like we've been talking all week long or all last week. Like you know what? Like we we'd only taken this thing up to you know we'd only driven it in the city. We finally got to go out to the country. You know what I mean? We took the top down a little bit, and now yeah, you got to bring out it back some in carbon. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like. It felt kind of nice, and I mean, even though they lost, and and again, it beat drop seventy, but but like it still felt pretty nice. All five starters in double figures. Uh, it took seventy to beat them. Uh, uh, one of those Hall of Famer first ballot kind of performances. It wasn't like the Spurs didn't know what they were getting into. This is Pop pregame would ask what they were going to do with the MVP. We're going to hammer his ass. <laughs> I told Wemby to stick him, put your butt right in his stomach, back him down over the rim, and just throw him through the rim. <laughs> That's what you can look forward to tonight. Yeah, we saw it just the other way. <laughs> Don't tell Wemby I said that. <laughs> that was pop pregame and prep for the Sixers. He left it. It was, it was David on Akeem kind of stuff. It was a layup drill for Embiid. If he wanted a dunk, he got it any time he put his foot within 10 feet of the rim all night. That's how you get it's- 70. Yeah, I mean, and lots of fouls. But, I mean, like, I, I'm not at all trying to take away from what no. Joel did. Um, I mean, it was – that's like I, – I mean, have you ever been upset about a player going off? No. Or, or, uh, I, I'm sorry, especially have you, have you in this situation. This, no. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Have you no, ever been I, this I take not that upset? Back. I take that back. Because as we talk about the 70 from Joel, which appeared to be in flow – which was appropriate. My gosh, he was unstoppable. And for the most part, uh, as he was getting a lot of those buckets, though he did have 35 in the first half, the, the, the Sixers were not comfortable, but they were well enough ahead to where they could continue to spoon feed until something got weird. You know, they didn't have to get away from it. So there's that. And then there's Carl Anthony Towns going for 63 in padding, or 65 in padding stats. And I think if you look at both those two players and their careers, while both have been flops in the playoffs and not won much, Joel Embiid getting 70 in a win where, you know, they needed by the math 55 or so to get it. And it, and watching the cat get 65 in a loss, that just about sums them both up. So I, I, I get that, you know, the numbers matter, but some numbers matter more than others. And the 70 mattered. It was one of those Hall of Fame performances that right. about midway through the third, I think we all knew this was, he, you know, he kept thinking, well, he's going to get 50. Oh, wait, he's going to get 60. He's going to get 70. And it you, happened because they needed it. You, um, you mentioned how he had 35 in the first half. Spurs had 35 in the first quarter. You're Actually had the, had the lead. I mean, granted, it was 35-34. Um, in the first after the first quarter, uh, Joel had 24 points in the first quarter, and I think this is super cool. Um, I think it's cool. Like whenever you play a video game, like back in the NCAA days, you're like, I just want to set all the school records. Like I, I'm just gonna make <laughs> yeah, sure like every it. school record is mine. Um, and Embiid now, obviously, this was the highest scoring you know affair in franchise history. He now also has the highest scoring output in any individual quarter. In Philadelphia franchise history, he got the first quarter right. He previously 35. had second, third, and fourth. Uh, he had twenty-four in the and first 24. quarter, so he scored the most in any single singular quarter 
ever. That's, that's so a, cool. That's a stadium that's seen Barkley and the Doctor and Wilt. That it, it, if you put it in context, we did see history last night. We were very fortunate to see something that was ridiculous, and he played ridiculously well against a seven foot five dude that was bringing everything he had in his bag, and to get thirty three in twenty eight minutes. Also, pretty much alone on Embiid, uh, tells you a little bit about wh- where Victor is. There was a moral victory in there. And sometimes you're just going to have to put on your big boy pants and go take one. You know, and he had to go last night and take one for the team. He woke up this morning. There is a bruise on his sternum right exactly at the shoulder level of uh, Embiid because that was firmly planted in Victor's chest all night long. And, and, and a valiant if not successful effort. I think he acquitted himself well. I watched both of the the, the broadcasts because it was an NBA TV relegation national broadcast that we count as national, but it really isn't, you know what I mean? Uh, But I wanted to hear the national perspective on what was happening because you could kind of sense that Embiid was about to do something historic. Uh, You didn't know it was going to be 70 historic, but that's how it was. And the praise was there. I mean, Victor acquitted himself well. Uh, One of the things, let's highlight one of the things that has changed over the last couple of weeks. First of all, it's your attitude about the game. Spurs were never out of it. I mean, you got a guy hanging 70 on you, and they were never really out of it. Uh, Some of the lineups that I'm enjoying watching, RJ, we, we spent a lot of time with Blake Wesley, who has earned more time by turning it down to about eight. Normally runs at about 11. We got it down to about an eight and a half, nine, which is about perfect for, for Blake. But you, we got two point card rotation that we've got working here with both Wesley and uh, Trey Jones out there, along with Wimby and, and Jeremy and Devin or, or, uh, one time there was Keldon in there, but for the most part, it was Wimby and, and, and uh, Devin and Jeremy. And, and those five, that was a very crisp offense. I mean, they were doing a fair amount of work trying to keep up with a night that, you know, you knew were giving up a bucket on the other end. But I, I appreciated the, the speed of the game when they were in there. Lots of perimeter defensive help because both are quick to the ball. Uh, we sacrificed some scoring with that lineup, but I do like it. I, I hope we see more of it. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, there's a turn. I, I think we. I, I hesitate to use that word. Like there, there's a a slow turn happening, um, and I think it is exemplified by what you started that with. Like this is this is a much more tolerable experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to your point. I mean, like you you can literally have the not just any player hang seventy on you. You can literally have the MVP hang seventy on you and have it all matter. Have it all be necessary, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and it. I mean, I, you said the last couple of weeks, this is very different even than the Boston game last week, like not, not even a week ago. Like you know, when we talked about that game, it was like, oh, okay, well, this is just, I mean, this is a simulation, right? <laughs> like, they're, just, they're just going here, you know, uh, to get the free meal afterwards and, you know, in the styrofoam and, and be good to go. This was very different than that in the span of in five days, not even six days later. I mean, a, a highly competitive effort against the Philadelphia team that you've been praising. I, I still think it's a little bit silly to kind of, you know, shower them with as much love and affection as you have. But still, I mean, and it wasn't even, it didn't feel like, okay, we have to show up and go toe-to-toe because this is one of the best teams in the league. This is just who we are. I mean, like, this, we can just, we can absorb these blows, and we can absorb all this physicality, and, and we can we can live to tell the tale. I mean, they woke up today and, you know, have a, a strong reason to hold their head high. 103 points at the five from your two starters last night. If you're a DFS player and you had that combo, I hope you took the over. If you're a prize picks guy like me and you saw that combo, I hope you jumped on it. 
because uh, that was ridiculous, the likes of which we won't see very often. And you look around, I'm looking down the headlines that you know you that you knew it was going to lead Sports Center, and you knew they were going to have all the uh, accolades that Embiid deserves, along with uh, Wimby's performance, which was equally highlighted last night. I thought ESPN did a good, did a good job of showing off that Wimby did at least uh, show up. It wasn't a com- complete bullying as you're seeing on some of the headlines. No, it was. Um, the growth is there, but as I'm watching. A seventy burger offered up. I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time we were the recipient of a, of a meal like that. It's not often. Who was the last? This is a great one for the, our early crew. Six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN, or, or better yet, just type it on there. Well, without me having to type it into the Google box. Uh, uh, it doesn't happen very often to pop, though it does happen. You know, sometimes it's it's a a bait and switch. Go get seventy, and nobody else gets to score. So some of those nights, I've seen the Spurs give up big nights just because we made it easy for somebody who wasn't going to share. So but, I have the answer to the question that you seek, and therefore will um will be the filterer. Okay. Responses. Joel obviously scored more points on Monday night than anybody ever had in the history of basketball against the Spurs. Seventy. And by a wide margin. But the previous high that anyone had ever scored against the Spurs was 61 points. Do you know who that was? When that was? I'll take, if you can guess the player, the year, or the team, I'll give you credit. I remember. Uh, it wasn't Harden, was it? Uh, by the way, Rob can play. So can the chat. So can the callers. Yeah. Anyone can offer this answer. But you you got to lock in an answer. You can't like, ah, oh, I'm not going to give you credit if you're just guessing. And there's a question mark at the end of this. you got to lock it in. I feel like it was James Harden. Is that your official yes, answer? Yes, it is my answer. It was James Harden. It was James. It wasn't points that long from, ago. It was. It was. It's been recently. It was two. It was March twenty second, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Okay. In a in a one eleven one oh five win. Um, in fact, of all players to score at least fifty points mm-hmm. um, in a game against the Spurs, they have there have been eleven recorded victories. Now, so how, Harden, let's, let's do that breakdown again of how many. So there are now 12 50-point performances 12. against the Spurs uh-huh. in, in, in history. Okay, there are 12 total performances. Um, 11 of those performances have been in winning efforts for those teams. So the so Spurs the Spur- lost. You, you the, give up 50. The, they yeah, lose. The Spur- but the Spurs have won one of these okay. um, where they allowed somebody to score at least 50. Harden has done this twice. He had the 61 that we just talked about a moment ago, and he had 50 flat um, early, or I'm sorry, later that year, that calendar year, but the next season, right? Um, obviously, so this was December of 19, and that was a double overtime loss. loss it kind yeah. of took double overtime to get to, to 50. Um, but so he's done it twice. He has the only loss uh, in addition to the previous high that Embiid obviously passed. Um, okay, so uh, we got Joel at 70, Harden at 61. Two players have dropped 60 flat against the Spurs. Uh, I, I know it's been recent because I this is certainly when you look at the Spurs' history, their defense has no. been such they don't do that. But uh, I'll um I'll help you out a teeny bit here. Uh, Ricky in the chat says Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, I remember is, this one. But. Is he's um, tied for fourth? I think it's fourth. Um, he dropped fifty-seven points in twenty fifteen while uh, with the Cavaliers. Tatum that was also Tatum gave us something overtime. a couple years ago. Again, you got to lock this in. Man, I'm, I'm, man lock, forgive like, me. Know. It's all kind of this haze. Jason Tatum, uh, uh, three years I, ago. You, all you got to do is offer a player. But Jason I Tatum. need you to say, I need you to say, it locked, locked. Tatum, locked. All right. 
Tatum had 60 points. He's one of two players to have 60 against the Spurs. In April of 2021, another overtime win. Overtime and win. Embiid didn't even need overtime. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what's amazing, too. Embiid did it. Yeah. Uh, so you've, got, you've gotten two. Ricky's gotten one with Kyrie. Uh, Robert offers Luca. Uh, uh, Luca 20- did get us one time. I know that. but He, it- he, he dropped 51. In December Whoa. of 2022. See, that feels like a, a, the Spurs didn't win that game. No, no, they did not. See, I know Westbrook's had some 40s uh, because we we goaded him into it. Um, but these, I mean, we're talking about stars. Is there so, a, name a random guy that got us? Um, year, name the year. Short. A Purvis, Purvis Short, Purvis Short. Is he a warrior? <laughs> He was uh, <laughs> yeah. in uh, in what year would you guess this was? Well, Purvis played in the early eighties. I'll say eighty three. It was eighty four. It was it was it was January seventh of eighty four. So you're very 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 close. Uh, it was a one fifty four one thirty three win. Purvis was um, a bucket. Couldn't do anything else. Yeah. He was a bucket. Um, so yeah. Also looking at this, by the way, the really astounding thing about what Embiid did, <laughs> just like like weighing these things all together is um, like Tatum did it in 45 minutes. Kyrie did it in 47 minutes. Uh, Harden in the one loss did it in 49 minutes, although, again, that went to double overtime. Um, Joel did it in 37 minutes. I mean, like, that's so in- insane. Like, when you, when you – the insane levels of efficient production. Uh, by the way, uh, Ricky and I saw somebody else offered Carl Anthony Towns. He had the other 60-point game. That and um, – and yeah, that was in in March of 2022. Again, I I do believe I'm not a fan of Carl Anthony Towns. Even his head coach last night was upset with him because it was in a loss, and he felt like he was a uh, padding his stats. At least that's how it appeared to me in, in the post game, and it kind of sums by, up his career. By the way, we had some people um, wanting to know the end of this spectrum, like Spurs performances um, of this variety. David, um, obviously, everybody knows Robinson, Iceman. Who, how many players do you think have hit 50 points in a game for the Spurs? Oh, let's see. David has. Ice, I'm sure, has. Uh, yep. I'm sure. We, I, I'm going to say probably had six or seven. In terms of players, I haven't counted them, but David, Ice, obviously. Larry mm-hmm. Keenan, oh, 1980. Yeah. Um, Terry Cummings in mm-hmm. 1990. Tim did it in 2001 in a loss. So that's four different days. Dallas. Um, that's four. I haven't counted the players. Uh, Tony did it in 2008. That's, in I wouldn't have counted Tony. That's right. Well. Uh, he had 55, November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November, 2008, uh, in Minnesota, double overtime, played 51 minutes. Uh, took all of them to get 55. And then the other, so how many players was We're that? We're at five. five. I said six or uh, seven. The, the sixth is LaMarcus in January of 2019 uh, and a double overtime win as well uh, at Oklahoma. So we've had six Spurs get 50 or better. The, you know the David Robinson game? No one really saw that 71. It was one of those back in the day when you're on the road and you just it was hard to find, and they didn't really televise a lot of the games because they were afraid you wouldn't go. And Lucas was feeding him like crazy. And uh, 71, that, that was ridiculous, man. I mean, To that point, Joel had 70 in, what did I say, 37 minutes? David had 71 in 44 minutes. It was. Uh, just, just to, just to further equally, contextualize. What what we just saw, I mean, it was again, that's about as close as you're going to see. Yeah, Team zero David, obviously, but but this was just incredible what Joel did, and it was fun to watch and enjoyable, and it was like you know, again, I think on the surface you you hear like, oh, somebody went off for seventy against your favorite team, like that probably really sucked, but it didn't suck. It was 
Well, you know, well dare I start basket. to dream as we look at the Spurs upcoming? You know, they've earned some time at home. Um, they're going to come home for about a week. And the next couple of games, they got OKC in Portland. Now, that's not going to be easy, but I do. I think the Spurs are now in a situation where we, we shouldn't expect to win, but I do expect games to be within eight points with about eight minutes to go. And I think that's, so, I mean, incremental growth. And I think if you're within eight points with eight minutes to go at home, you're going to win half of those. I, I, I do. Seven, I, so Seven game homestand. If I told you they win three of those games, would you be like, I think stunned? we should, I, I think, no. Um, yeah. I think we, I mean, we need Oklahoma to start City, logic. We're not going to beat Oklahoma City. No, no, but I'm, I'm going through them. Oklahoma City, Portland. So, so I'm fine. Portland will beat them. Okay, so there's one. Minnesota. Um, no. Washington, two. There's right. two. Orlando, three. Oh, uh, no. That's right. a tough one. Wait a minute. I'm getting a little worried here. Okay, Orlando. So, that's uh, a loss. Answer, we're, not, two, gonna beat it. we're not going to beat them. New Orleans? Oh, uh, that's three? a loss, too. Uh-oh. Cle- Cleveland? Uh, that, that's, that could be a win. Okay, but any, like, there's so I think there's three here. wins like, in there. There's two easy ones. Not mm-hmm. easy, but two, you know, should be's. And then you get a coin flip to go your way to get through these games. Uh, uh, can we heart start to hold them to a standard? Or are we still just being passive and going, okay, yeah. close is good enough? Dude, they just went toe-to-toe with the Sixers. But I mean, they they, they still want to win. I mean, like, wait, wait, actually, I don't expect you to offer a minute. But, like, on a in a relative rounding sort of way, what was the point where you're like, oh, okay, they're not winning? Because, well, like, they, the, the, uh, like, the line of the, mid, mid to late third because we just couldn't I, stop him. I mean, it's but I know there this, was no attempt. I know how pathetic this sounds again on the surface, but like that's a huge victory. You know what I mean? To be like we last, you know, we went seven rounds, so to speak. Like that's God, impressive. That, this is a participant I, ribbon kind of thing conversation. It's not having. a participant ribbon. It's yeah. a contextualizing I, where we're at this overall process. It's I used a, to have a coach a that would scream at me, Thompson. Are you a player or a participant? Uh, I, I think uh, the, I think we're accepting participation way too much. I think you are being too negative. Well, no. I mean, you're right. The incremental growth is there. And now we have, now we get about 40 minutes of, well, maybe, instead of none <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago. But let's be realistic. I mean, last night, I do believe if it was, if this game was played in April and the same thing was transpiring, Wimby would have gotten some help. They, I think they would have. Dominic Barlow would have been coming weak side every time Joel was within 15 feet of the ball. I'd have had another big in there all night long helping him, but that that didn't happen. I mean that, but I mean some nights you're going. Kobe is going to get you, but Joel and B needs some help to get you. I mean he's not bringing the ball up. Some nights Kobe, the guy you can't stop, is getting the ball on the out of bounds. I mean you're not going to be able to get. Five of my dudes can't stop him, and there's guys like that. But Embiid needed somebody to throw him the ball, and we never even tried to disrupt that. We didn't try to double him after he caught it. We didn't find somebody to plant a knee in him or a hip in him as he was getting there. We never had any weak side help get, coming toward him when he got the ball. And if it did, it was late. Zach Collins, I still is limping around, so he wasn't there. I mean, there was there could have been an attempt, is what I'm getting at, because despite the 70 and no attempt. They were in it till the end, so I'm kind of going. Yeah. Well, how hard are we really trying to get the wins that I think that I'm forecasting? Are we going to try to get them, or are we going to go but, to the? Uh, well, we were in it till eight minutes to go. I mean, th- that's all relative, though, right? Like you, you're saying, like he would get some help. He needs some help. Like trade deadlines on the way. Now, 
now we're allowed to dream a little bit more. Like now, now the parameters of what we can kind of opine for are a little gotcha. bit more open. Uh, so in the chat, by that. the way, uh, a reason why you should be watching on the YouTube feed. Everybody go to the SA Sports Star YouTube channel, subscribe, turn on notifications, like the video, pay the light text, uh, like text, please. Robert Spencer says concur with Rob. Well, I mean, Robert, your name's Robert. I mean, let's relax. I mean, like, let's come back down to earth here. Yeah. You know, uh, Joel, ironically so, says it's recognizing improvement. So, yeah, I would, I, I'm curious because I do think this is a, a, you know, sort of divisive sort of subject. Are you team like, I don't want the participation trophy, blah, 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 or are you correct? And are you with me and Joel saying, hey, look, the fact that we hung in the into the third quarter, not just, like, like, again, that's a relative statement because it's not like, oh, we hung into the third quarter, I'm happy. No, we hung into the third mm-hmm. quarter with a monster, this dude who dropped 70. I mean, like, again, if, if Joel had dropped 70 against the, the Celtics, it would be... Oh my gosh! What an like the Celtics, you know, went toe to toe and they just got outlasted by the right. league MVP. Blah blah. Ali Foreman. It, it, yeah, but like that's not how we're assessing this. We're like, oh, we're so like meek and small. No, dude, it it, it took the flexing of all muscles from this dude to beat the Spurs because they hung in it as long as they did. And yeah, they kind of waved the white flag at the end, but recognizing improvement as Joel notes, contextualizing the situation, acknowledging the process to this point in time. All has merit. Well, they're coming home, and we'll get to see them live. Now, there are a couple of late tips coming for TV purposes. You know, we're not used to that, but uh, yeah, we're flexing our schedule to play a little bit later. So, uh, uh, set your schedules appropriately as Oklahoma City in a couple of nights as we get to see Shea Gilgis and uh, the matchup of the tall dudes as Chet Holmgren is coming to town. Uh, We'll continue talking silver and black through the show coming back as we head into the offseason. It's about as crazy an offseason as the Cowboys have had in, I don't know, it's been forever, maybe two years, Uh, but it's already started out weird we'll look there the coaching carousel uh has started to uh spin a little bit as we've got a brand new hire we're looking around the nfl as well as we got a fun weekend of football the conference championships are coming and we're talking about the coaches that are there and not there coming up next you're on robin rj and this is 94.1 san antonio's sports star Hi, it's Jay Semenik. On an R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. It's Rob and RJ. You want to prove it to yourself, go to our YouTube channel. Where else? What's the most difficult and easiest way to get there? Can you? Can I? Can I say, hey, Google? Um. I think if you are using Google as your method of transportation to anything on the internet, you are not necessarily doing it the right way. What if I was in the car? Google's a power. If you're in the car, car. Uh, play R and R in the morning. Got to do that. I don't think it. I don't think it works that way. Um, What you can do is, if you're in the car, you could turn to ninety four one. But uh, what what if if I was in 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 Denver? If you're in Denver and you're in the car, you can use various apps um, to stream. Our audio. And how would you obviously. do that? Um, well, uh, the iHeart app. I know uh, iHeart has us. Yes. And, and you can you can favorite us in that state in that app, and then you know just kind of open the app up. Or if you're, if you know if you're driving, we don't necessarily want you opening up YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Especially on a foggy morning or something like that. But if you're stationary, right, if today. you're at home, you're on the computer, go to YouTube. Uh, whether it's the website, the app, search San Antonio Sports Star, SA Sports Star, subscribe. Open the video. You'll see a little notification that says live. You'll see Rob's just beautiful face right there, bright, shining, shimmering face. 
uh, like the video, offer a comment, say, hey, I'm here. I did right. it. Um, but pay the like tax. You know, anytime you can, you know, subscribe on YouTube, that's a good thing. Hey, there we go. That's that's how we do things. Uh, I want to talk Cowboys for a second. And I, I like the way that things are kind of shaking out for the first time in a week. I'm starting to I'm starting to feel a little bit of a a, a trend here. But, and there's and it's okay. things that are going on from inside and from out. Now, first of all, on the inside, you got some upset folks. You, and it, it's oh. the the family members. You got some you got some family of three of the pillars of the organization a little upset with the situation, either at other players or the franchise itself or I, I don't know. Uh uh CD Lamb's mom dude. Oh. uh tweeting out that Dak ain't it. Uh, uh, it was on Facebook, to be clear. Oh, uh, but, you know, uh, but he, she's on the book. She's, of course, it's in the right, book. The, 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 uh, the okay. book face. Uh, and then uh, you had uh, Micah's brother uh, that was right. <laughs> who tweeted out. Now, was he mad at. Uh, it seemed. He was me, mad about Dak? Is that what he was? He was? Se- yeah, and it se- so and the other one, just because this. And then Dak's brother. This. The other one was yeah. Dak's brother. It seemed like Micah's brother and Dak's brother were more upset at Cowboys fans. Okay, that's um, what it was. Wh- whereas it seemed like CeeDee's mom was more upset at Dak specifically. Okay. Um, so, you know, all told, none of this is good. Um, th- these things literally were on national t- <laughs> television oh. shows. Um, I mean... Anybody Dude, who's ever been part of an happen? AAU basketball team knows a little bit of drama behind the scenes is not uncommon. Anybody who's had a reasonably competitive team in some kind of sporting event knows there's a lot of disparate people and characters behind the scenes. That So coaches are used to this. But but it does show a little bit of a ripple effect, and coaches, while they might be used to it, do see it. So there's starting to be a shift in like, hey, man, everything is not all right, and running it back seems to be dumb. But it does appear at the very least uh, that uh, the Cowboys might have to make a decision regarding Dan Quinn. Now, you believe they're going to keep him, but it doesn't look like, at least as we sit now, the Seahawks are going to hire him, the Titans didn't want him. Uh, you, you get the sense that the Chargers and Falcons are looking for taller cotton, and, and uh, here comes Dan Quinn coming home. Um, so if we're going to do that, we're bringing him home. It's time to burn this place down. So the Cowboys have already taken one step into this direction by retaining Mike McCarthy. That's a decision that I right. disagree with. Um, I think you disagree with. I do. I think the general, I don't know how to pronounce the word, uh, cognoscenti? Cognoscenti. Thank you. Um, I think the general cognoscenti, cognoscenti uh, disagrees with this. The brain trust. Um, the, the smart guys in the room. The writers. The, the pressers. The, the, the beat I would writers. say the like literal population of Earth. I mean, like... Oh, so <laughs> like, above and beyond them. that. Okay. Yeah, like, find anyone who's like, this is a good idea, because you can't. Mrs. So McCarthy. they've already... Right. Well, that maybe her Shockingly, she's one of the only family members who's been quiet on social media. Anyway, um... So they've already committed to 2024 with Mike McCarthy in a contract year for Mike McCarthy nonetheless. So if you really want to do this, and there is some logic because you are kind of stuck with Dak. You can't move on just yet. And I know people are like, just keep him, just bench him. Let's be real. All right, let's all right, we're all adults. You know, we can, we can talk in adult ways. And so if you want to say, you know what? Let's just try. Let's give it the old college try. It's the, and speaking of, it's the last night before we go off to college, right? It's right. you, me, hey. We've been one we've last been, night, we, baby. We, yeah, we, we've all been thinking. You and I, we've been thinking about this. Let's just do it. Let's, you know, the night is young, right? You know, and um, go all in. 
you can restructure Dak's deal a little bit, which is a move and a mechanism that Cowboys control. It doesn't affect Dak Prescott's money or anything, or it doesn't affect the fact that he would be a free agent next offseason. You can restructure his contract to give yourself some salary cap relief in the here and now, and you Do you pay him a lot? I mean, we're talking about a whopper. If I'm Dak, you're going to have to say, all right, next year, uh, in 2025, you're paying me $70 million. But only one time. Dak has no say in this. Again, like, oh, this is, that's this, right. This is a complete a team option. decision on yeah. So the Cowboys decide we're going to move some of this this money that's on our books to the to the future, and we'll deal with that later. That's a future us problem. But we're we're interested in going in here and now. Again, Dak is unaffected, um, and so you say we're gonna we're gonna make a decision to use that money to go do something now to try to figure out because tonight is the night. Tonight is the last night. We're going to try to make this the greatest party we've ever seen, uh, like Jay Sean song 2012. And so that would be the move. All right. That, that would, you know, it would probably, be, you know, be DOA in some respect because you got all these family members and everybody fighting and squawking with oh, one another. But at, le- but at least it would all point in the same direction of logic. You know okay. what I'm saying? Now, if the Cowboys stand pat and are just as chill and wallflowery as they have been in the past in free agency now you've got your foot in both camps okay now you're yeah, doing you. you're doing things two different ways especially if you do extend Dak and I'm not against extending Dak but if you extend Dak now you have Dak and the head coach on two different timelines and now that's really awkward for if you do bring in a new head coach in 2025 which again lends to this idea being something worth pursuing I, uh, I will say this if you're <laughs> If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you can't you can't go halfway. No, it, 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 there, it's all or nothing on this kind of thing. Yeah, you want to turn the heat up to ten on everybody? Do I, it. I, I this mean, is this is if I am in a situation to decide this thing. This is there's things that I, that I I would do, and the first thing I would do is, is tell everybody involved this. You got one year. This is it. I'm I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this one, but most of y'all ain't gonna be here. Uh, and that'll include my head coach. It's going to include my quarterback. I'm going to do everything I can to make you happy. Uh, we're going to do everything we can this year. And I would spend every penny I had, every bit of it. I, I, there would be no leeway. I would, I would look at the next time I'm solvent is going to be 2026. It doesn't have to be. It could be 2025. 25, you know whatever. What I, mean? like, I, I would you, be you, broke. I want to, I'm going to spend every thing I've got. I'm going to go get Michael Pittman. I'm going to do everything I can to load up. I'm going to go get Derrick Henry. I'm going to, I'm going to go get, and then I'm going to, if there's no, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sign my guys. I'm going to figure out what Mike is going to be. I'm going to, we're going to all be on the same page. I'm going to make sure, pick my tackle, is it, pick my offensive lineman that is going to be my linchpin for the future. I, I do the NFL thing and I have the signposts of these dudes that are going to be here. I have three or four guys that get paid that matter. And then everybody else, man, you're probably not going to be here in a couple of years. And I'm all in it. I want to be the, the, uh, major league team. I want to be Cleveland. I want I prove me wrong. I have, I have a picture where you're making Jerry get naked every win. This, I, I'm I'm either going to be all in and disappear, or I'm going to starve you to death. One or the other. But it's all over in a year. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of upping the intensity, so to speak. But that's where I'm terrified that they're just going to go at this the same way they right. always have. They're going to half-ass it, and we're going to end up with nothing. Well, and if you half-ass it, you're actually half-assing two different 
lines of thought. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not you're not even full assing one half ass line of thought, which is you know a quarter ass in that way. And so it it doesn't. I, I talked a little while ago about how I admire how the Houston Astros owner Jim Crane said, you know what? Like a lot of people, a lot of people would have said, dude, we have won seven straight division titles. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we are insane. We have been to a million ALCSs in a row. We've won two World Series. We've been to the World Series like what is it for the last six years, whatever. I mean, we've done all this stuff. Like, we're probably good enough. You know what I mean? We're like, we're definitely good enough to at least be competitive, at least be a wild card, whatever. Instead, he says no. He says what Adam Driver says, and I think it's episode, um, what is it, episode seven? Um, when he's like, more, more. I want more. I want the best reliever in baseball. I have one of the best. Who cares? Now I have two. I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's the approach the Cowboys have to have, and they haven't had that. They have had an approach of like, we're good. We've got enough. This this should be fine. No, this has to be the off season. And all in is such a, a a tired expression when it comes to roster building in any sport because it it throws a, a way too ambiguous blanket on things. But you do have to go all in here. You do have to recognize we're probably going to reset a head coach. We might be resetting a quarterback. So let's see. Not might we be. have to understand if this is the year. We not might be. You have to go into this knowing Dak will be gone in three years. No, he might be gone next year. Well, That's no, what I'm no, saying. Like, no, what I'm saying. You're right. He might be gone next year. But every bit of my plans involves a different quarterback in two years, three, whatever. Pick your date and know that at that date, unless a miracle upon miracles happens, this is everything I'm aiming at. There'll be there'll be AD after Dak, and there'll be PD pre Dak, and I'll have every decision will be based on AD or pre D. And then at that moment, then I know, okay, now I'm playing with some gas. Now I can start lobbing some hand grenades because I know at this date this stuff is done. But they're not smart enough to go that way. They're going to let it linger. And here's what's going to happen. I can tell you what's going to happen. Jerry's going to sign Dak in the offseason because he loves Dak. And he's going to sign him because he's, you know, he's one of the fam and that's what we do. And he's going to get a whopping kind of a deal. Meanwhile, CeeDee Lamb is going to start crying and his mom's going to start crying and he's going to one out and he's going to get out because that can't handle that. We can't put him in a negative line. We're going to, so we're going to get rid of that. And, the, and then the interceptions are going to come. So by the end of next season, Dak's going to throw about 15, 16 interceptions. The offensive line is going to be banged up. We're going to fire our coach in our DC and then any coach out they're worth this salt and go so you're telling me you want me to come over and take over a football team that's got a 13-year vet quarterback that's on the downward slide that for the next four years i'm paying 60 million dollars to i don't have a defensive line and i got one offensive lineman you want me to come and work under these circumstances no you're you're gonna end up with a with a chan gailey or some dude that's just coming out of the wash cycle who, who we hadn't seen in a couple years that'll be the only one that'll step into a gig like this Again, I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott, but that's why signing him is a potentially slippery slope, or, or extending him, rather, because if it, it is so hard to get an opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL. You want to make sure you maximize that, right? Because you, right. you're not promised a second one. And so if you do believe that the Cowboys are going to move on from Mike McCarthy in 2024, what dude, but I, I know, but my point is like, what what dude wants to sign up without having my the point ability exactly. to pick them? Like you're telling no, I, me, I got to show I, up and deal with this? No, I'll go no, coach that's, in Jacksonville. That's why, but that's why I'm saying I don't think. I mean, I'm starting to think less and less like they're going to extend Dak. I mean, we're we're in the second week of the off season, but the logic is starting to to make itself more evident in my mind because you can't risk that. You you can't you know 
And again, you can believe in Dak, but you're talking about at that point in time, you, you know, if you fast forward to 2025, you're, you're talking about his age, what, 32 season and his 10th year in the NFL? Mm -hmm. Like what coach wants – again, I think people think highly of Dak in NFL circles, but th that's, a, that's a different animal than anything else. And so you, you have to – you have to line up all things for a potential refresh in 2025, and that includes the quarterback position, which is why, you know, you're you cannot just not touch his contract. You cannot just try to go at this with a 60 million dollar cap hit. That is not only irresponsible; it's actually impossible. So you have to restructure that deal, which is not something that Dak can control or inhibit. You restructure that deal. You provide yourself, obviously, some you know, some relief this year to do this, do that, X, Y, and Z, whatever the case may be, and you go all in. You go all in because you have no real choice. I mean, you you have one life left in the game, you know, uh, Rob, that you're playing, and you got to go fight Bowser. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you, you might as well go get the mushroom, go get the fire flower, you know what I mean? Go get the elephant thing that's in the new game, by the way. You know, and, and you might as well just prepare yourself for, for a fight. I mean, it's it's going to be a very, very difficult proposition, but you're in the level already. It's too much to ask for, dude. It's not too much to say. Like you, you got to do it. You got to live. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> so you might as well just go at it. The the least painful. Look at. Don't even look at this the most logical way. Look at this the most the least painful way as possible. By the way, you're in a division that you should cakewalk yourself to a win. Right now, moments ago, just reported by the Philadelphia Inquirer that we already found out that the Eagles fired defensive coordinator Sean Desai. They are also moving on from offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. So for the second time in as many years, head coach Nick Sirianni, who loves to talk more than he likes to actually likes to do actual work, has got to fill not just one but both coordinator spots. You should dominate this dude in 2024. You should easily be back in the playoffs. So you get in, you have a ticket. You never know; fate may smile upon you. Although the last 30 years would suggest that that's never going to happen. But you know, this this is for you. When we come back. Uh... First of all, we're going to continue talking this. We want to hear from you. Uh, what's your expectation here? Can we, can we dare to dream, if you're an anti-DAC guy, that they won't re-sign him? We'll get deep into that in the 8 o'clock. But coming back, the PGA just cannot get out of their way. Uh, Nick Dunlap, this sophomore kid from Bama, did something we hadn't seen in 30 years, and he doesn't even get his just desserts. Come on now. We've blurred the line between amateur and pro and every other sport. PGA is standing pat. Let's talk about what they did now. That's next. This is Robin RJ. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Robin RJ with you. You might want to pack an umbrella if you're walking out. You're just waking up. Embiid got 70 last night. Spurs lost. The Wimby was well more than a point a minute, as was Wimby. Uh, lots of NFL talk as there's a new head coach in Tennessee and the ramifications of that. We're going to talk about that a lot in the 8 o'clock hour. The PGA making some random news. Not good ever, seems like, when we talk PGA or anything to do with professional golf. But Nick Dunlap has been a good story out of the University of Alabama. Uh, we saw him at the Masters. Uh, he's been uh, a pretty successful young bruh. Um, Won the uh, Farmers Insurance Open over in Torrey Pines, a beautiful course there in San Diego, beat the rainstorms and won a fair amount of money, though he can't take it because he's an amateur. Now, his NFL brethren, um, his in, I said NFL, his NCAA football brethren, uh, they could take money uh, for a lot of stuff. And I, I imagine he's probably got a couple of NILs, but uh, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um, it reminds me of 
1.5 million, by the way, he didn't get. I don't know what tennis tournament it was, but there was, a, I think, a North Carolina athlete, a Tar Heel, to be clear, mm-hmm. uh, female athlete that I don't know what place she got, but it was it was not it was not this path, but it was like 85 grand. She couldn't take it. You know what I mean? It's just like. Now, I get, can he just forfeit his amateurship as he walks off the 18th and go, you know what, I could go back and play in my SEC conference title, or I could take a $1.5 million check and go ahead and sign my card and uh, do that right now. Can we just let him have his graduation ceremony right then? Can we just say, okay, here's your check, if you so decide, uh, put your logos on your hat now and, and go ahead and uh, play with us. It's I mean, you know, I know that this world and, and these realities upset people, some people, but it's just like, can we, uh, some of these things are pretty common sense. You know what I mean? Like, why why do we have to, you know, make he's, things so complicated? He's got his you full-time know? PGA Tour membership through 2026 with the win. He can accept this membership until 30 days after the season ends. He's earned full exemptions of professional winner, including spots in the uh, signature series, uh, the uh, the pro am at Pebble Beach, and the Players Championship. All have purses of at least twenty million dollars. Why not go? There yeah. shouldn't even be a question. Give him the money and let him do what he's been training to do. Isn't that what college is for? No, he can't have the check. You're an amateur, and you are sacred. Now go back and. Sign some autographs and and sign some posters. We need that driving range redone. Hey, coming back, the 8 o'clock hour is chock full of goodness, and it will include uh, the Cowboys doing themselves a disservice by not finding another D.C. now. That's next. This is R&R in the morning. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom, touchdown, Cowboys. Quentin Yama about three feet behind the line. Got it. It's R&R in the morning with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Good morning. Good morning to you. It's Rob and R.J. on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. That's R.J. Ochoa. He is indeed the managing editor of Blogging the Boys and a faithful co-host and partner in crime as we head into a busy Tuesday. You know, the uh, the coaching wheel is n- the next thing to really go front and center as we head into conference championship. We'll, we, we'll see the conference championship games, and they'll be the losers of those games, and there'll be some coaches that are, you know, I think some teams are waiting for, waiting to interview. So that might slow down a decision or two, uh, considering the uh, four teams that are still playing. But really, as we saw the uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans go ahead and, and make their first hire, uh, uh, Callahan is his last name. He's the guy that was has been working with Joe Cool, uh, and a good hire. Um, if I could have had him or Slowick, I probably would have gone Slowick. But uh, that's that's just me. But uh, the Tennessee goes offense. They're going to mold Will Levis. Uh, that's one less job that uh, Dan Quinn has available to him. Uh, he does have a second interview lined up with a whole bunch of other teams, though. Uh, Dan Quinn, actually, there's only two teams. Oh, only two. interview with Washington, both the, the two Washington football teams, if you will, the Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so we'll see if Dan ultimately walks away with one. Um, 
I don't think it seems like the Cowboys are going to move on from him. So it's either go somewhere else or we'll just accept well, that. Like think think about that. What, the the win is that no one wants Dan Quinn. Do we That's assume the there's no plan B? Do we assume that they're not looking right now? Do, can, I mean, if they were to hire, is the, Al Harris has been mentioned as a lot of things, but he might not be ready to be a DC. But uh, stranger things have happened, I guess. Is there anybody in house that if Dan was to leave, that is the heir apparent? Because they better have a plan in place, because it could happen. I don't think they do. Um, now, I don't. If they do, I don't think it's Al Harris. Al, Al Harris, while he's a McCarthy guy, I think would probably follow Dan Quinn. People and not get a DC or be at least a DC in a system he's very familiar with. Right. I think if if Dan Quinn were to leave for whatever reason, I think Joe Witt Jr., who is a McCarthy guy. McCarthy coach, McCarthy staff That's fine. guy. That's fine. Um, would be the dude. But, I mean, that would feel so flat at this point. Like, okay, like, you know. Wouldn't that be appropriate? Like, Well, no, but, like, you keep saying, like, you know, we want blood. This wouldn't even be blood. This would be like, oh, yeah. hey, uh, so, somebody somebody cut their finger on a on an envelope, Rob. Here you go. You know what I mean? Like, it would be an accident. And, I, I, I'm done expecting but, that, man. I, I am. I I'm done. Ex- I, I'm with you. That Jerry's going to try to give me some kind of flowers. They ain't going to be roses. They're going, yeah. They're 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 going to they're going to be carnations. But he's going to go find some carnations to give us to make us feel good on on a Valentine's Day. But really, the the sentiment is, uh, I'm still making money. I'm going to play this thing out, and I'm going to burn this thing down. Do you um Do you remember the movie Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I think it had something to do with Christmas and muscles. Yes. Right. So the general um, premise is he has to get an action figure for his son. Uh, it's like oh, yeah, yeah. Toy. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. It's like the toy um, on the market. It's impossible to find whatever. The, 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 the action figure's name is Turbo Man, and he's um, a television. <laughs> there's like a television show and everything. And his sidekick, his name is Booster in, in, the, in the movie. Uh, well, the fictional show within the fictional movie. And um, so when Arnold is out like searching for the Turbo Man, every toy store is like, we don't have any. Like We're sold out, but we have a lot of boosters. And everybody's like, we don't want Booster. Booster sucks. You know what I mean? Whatever. And it kind of feels like, Jerry, Mike, we want a Turbo Man. And they're like, we don't have a Turbo Man, but we have a Booster. And his name is Dan Quinn. <laughs> so here's your Booster, Rob. Like, And here, we're giving you this to, for Christmas, Rob. you got to open it. you got to pretend you're excited. But I wanted to ask you, because you said you wanted blood. Now, I think that we both don't think highly of Nick Sirianni. Is that, I'm, I'm assuming that. Uh, yeah, but, he's, yeah. Okay. Okay. However, the Eagles have chosen to run it back with him. They're having a end of season press conference tomorrow where they'll, you know, formally announce that. But they have moved on from defensive coordinator Sean Desai after one year. <laughs> as as of about fifteen minutes ago, they have moved on from offensive coordinator Brian Johnson after one year. That is a bit of a it looks like a joke. It looks like a crazy operation, right? Like you're firing both coordinators after one season, whatever. But 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 somewhere out there there is a Philadelphia Rob who said, I want blood. And they gave it to you. No, it I don't him. blame them. I'd have done the same no. thing. I'm laughing no, because I, I'd have fired it, Sirianni too, but I, I'd have fired everybody in that room. But but you didn't fire Sirianni, so at least you did something. Yes. Right? Like at, le- at least you did something to show that there is a level of dissatisfaction with the operation that you have going on. The Cowboys cannot claim that same thing. The Cowboys are like, look, I know the Eagles you know, have had all this success, and they had a, a disappointing 11-6 and six season. Um, you know, that was really embarrassing down the stretch. And, 
and they feel like that's not good enough and they want to make a change. But we went 12-5, and five, and we know that's good enough. So we want to run this whole thing back, baby. And as they run it back. into us. It, it, it's becoming, you know, the sentiment was, and I still think smart money says you don't let a quarterback the ilk or the level, depending on your attitude, of uh, Dak Prescott leave. It's just one of those written-in-stone NFL codas that when you get a quarterback of, back of some substance, you don't let him leave. You, you just pay him until uh, you can't or it's over physically. And uh, I don't know if Seattle held on too long with Russell or didn't wait long enough, but it was time to go. It was, and whether he landed in the right place or wrong place is for another discussion. But when we're starting to talk about uh, Dak Prescott, can't we just agree that it's over? Can't we all just go that he's no longer a rookie? You know, we have this discussion about the Spurs and their age. Are they acting age appropriately or not? No, these guys should be playing better. They've been around long enough. It's Dak has reached the apex. There, there's nothing better underneath the sun coming for him. There's there's not an improved part of his game. There's not a skill set that needs to be uh, honed and better. This is an eight year guy. Th- this is it. It's it's not getting any better. Are there you, is not a lot of precedent for somebody to have the none. success that we want to see this late in their career. There is, and if it is, it's precedent. on another team. It's when you. Well, I, yeah, I mean, like it has happened. Like you know, in a world of you know. Technically finite possibilities, or I guess infinite possibilities in this case. It has happened. It does exist in the realm of all possibilities. But you're you're literally betting against history. You're yes. betting against history with regards to a coach and a contractor. You're betting against history with regards to a quarterback and a contractor. Uh, again, assuming you don't fix that. You're betting against history with regards to a quarterback this late into their career. You're betting against history with yourself. I mean, you haven't been to a freaking NFC championship so, game since, you know, Bill Clinton was in office. I mean, like, it's been so long. And I bring that up because, you know, the narrative has been. You got a quarterback who's above average, and, you know, you got to pay him. We build that into our salary cap structure, and this is just how the NFL works. Well, maybe Jerry is, uh, in his absence of decisions, might be playing this the right way. This You've got a column coming out, uh, an article coming out on, on Blogging the Boys, from a guy who's kind of a salary cap guru. And, you know, and he's going kind of counter to what I think a lot of us believe to be just the common sense part of the NFL is. You got to keep them signed and you got to keep the, the salary cap hit low as long as you can. So Jason Fitzgerald of overthecap.com laid out all paths with Dak Prescott, cutting him, not doing anything, extending him, and going all in on 2024. And what that means, what that would require is for the Cowboys to restructure Dak Prescott's contract, which is not something that Dak Prescott can control or can veto. They just restructured. Nothing about Dak's money or payment or anything changes. It's just the way it looks on their books. They restructure Dak Prescott. They give themselves some, and they keep him in a contract year. They give themselves some much-needed salary cap space for this year, and they take that and they utilize it in a way that they traditionally do not, which is going all in, getting players who can help them right now. Again, for lack of a better term, going all in. That is the the thing that makes the most sense because you're stuck with Dak this season. You've decided to stay stuck with Mike McCarthy this season. So you might as well say, you know what, we're all we're all in this room together. Let's turn on the music and dance. Right. You know what I mean? Let's even if that dance is for just one more year, if it goes poorly, hey man, we gave it a try. And now it's just time to move on because it's two thousand twenty five. But you might as well do that. What would be the what would be the most frustrating thing? And if you're a Cowboys fan that's like, Man, I'm checked out, I have a hard time believing in this team. 
<laughs> if they do if they do if they are passive in free agency the way they have always been, if they are indifferent, if they are a wallflower, then you have every reason to moan and groan and complain and point. It's not even moaning and groaning and complaining, it's just stating fact. I mean, you have every reason to not believe and not trust that they're doing everything they can to win in the here and now. They're just trying to tread water, to be relevant, to whatever you want to call it, to continue to sell, 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 because that would be trying to have your cake and eating it too. R- RJ, have you seen anything to tell us that that Jerry will be active? Does there anything in the water that make you makes you feel like, either due to inactivity or just by, you know, Mike's going to be back and I'm going to go get what he wants, kind of like what I did last year, but I focused too much on defense and I'm going to go get what he wants on offense and I'm gonna we're going to try it one more time with everybody or it's not going to work and everybody leaves. No. Um, the decision to retain McCarthy suggests passivity. The decision to just let Dan Quinn kind of – you know what they should do? They should be like, you know what, Dan Quinn's going to explore head coaching options we're going to move on. We're, we're going to find a new defensive coordinator. That would at least, you know. That's not Jerry. Or, He's part of the fam. You don't do that to your fam, and Jerry won't do that. Who cares? It's well, not, this is this is the fish episode of the bear, man. This is time <laughs> for some tough love. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, th- this is like, you know, you got to get real with circumstances here. And cool, Dan Quinn has done some nice things. But you want to talk about family? Literally, family members are pointing fingers and screaming and cussing each other out and, and causing all sorts of you know national headlines with their drama. There's nothing familial. There's nothing kumbaya about the family right now. So what you should have done is you should have said, Dan Quinn has been awesome for us for three years. It's a 1,000 days, but we are going to move on. We wish him luck. We hope he's a head coach, especially because it would give us an opportunity to play against him. But we are going to find our answer at the – we want a controllable element at the defensive coordinator position. They're completely right now at the mercy of Dan Quinn, the way they have been for a thousand days. I like I mean, what you he, said there. He he could leave. I mean, he could leave and just leave them hanging, or he could stay and they'd be, oh, cool, welcome back, dude. We, you know, key card still works. You know, like it would be yeah. so lame. Passive control is better than nothing. You know what I mean? You can control yeah. this DC. You might have decided on your head coach, but at least have some sort of passive control to make another decision. We're going to continue talking about it. Uh, coming up, we're just a couple of days away from what looks to be a really thrilling weekend of uh, or a Sunday of uh, professional football. Of course, flight by Yingling brings you all that coverage. Let's look at who has the most to gain, the most to lose. What are you expecting from this weekend? And the fallout from those other teams that lost. There's a number 17 in Buffalo that's had some questions asked of him. We'll look around the rest of the league as we're almost – to Vegas. We just got to get through conference championship week. We're talking about that and 70 points from a bead coming up. This is Robin RJ and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Robin RJ with you. He's the managing editor of Blogging the Boys amongst other things. What's uh the what 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 uh, kit are you wearing? Ah, uh, this is an L three kit. Ah, that's what uh, I Mexican national team. I was actually um you know we're kind of getting to you know not that we didn't know each other but we're getting to know each other in a new capacity right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe you have a Premier League team. Rob. Um, no. Um, you got to pick one. Well, here's my problem. I've walked watched a couple of those all or nothings on you know whatever on different teams. Um, 
See, I, I was kind of drawn to Man City, but I feel like I'm banned. You know, they, they seem like oh, such a monster. Dude. You know oh what I mean? Because you know, I watched yeah, one I, of their All or Nothings, and I didn't have any context. I just watched. I kind of binged it one weekend about it, you know, a while back. And that was all I knew, so I started kind of following it. And then I realized that's kind of a uh, – that's not the best choice. I don't want to be yeah. – I don't want to be known as one of those. Um, yeah, you know, Rob, I really like the, – the Warriors just seem likable to me. So I'm, I'm going to hop in on them. Um that's kind of how it was. I, I agree. But again, I had no context. I was just watching the all or nothing on them. And I didn't really realize that, what they were in the grand scheme of things. So, but we have to pick a new premier or a premier league team for you then. We Does have it to- have to be premier? Can I choose a AH or a Bundes, Bundesliga? Uh, so I get to say that. You can have a Bundesliga team. You can have a La Liga team. You can have um, a U. Serie A. Set A. Ah, sorry. Yeah, um, you know you can. Uh, what about uh, the Tottenham Hotspurs? Any good? No, it's to- Tottenham Hotspur, singular thing. Oh, Hotspur. Um, they have the most beautiful stadium in the world. I mean, you could do that if you want to do that. Um, I'm down for aesthetics. But, but their best player left. You know, and who was that? Harry Kane. Oh, Harry. Yeah, he uh, he wound guy. up. He wound up in. You know, the Bundesliga. Oh, did he? So, they, 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 he's playing in Germany. Uh, we'll have to pick one. Um, I know that you guys are uh, around the building here. Uh, Jimmy, one of the news rats, um, is heavy into the uh, the uh, football world overseas and a lot of money laid there. Um, as we come into this weekend, you know, you got your hierarchy. You got the teams that are expected to be there and better go further. And you got the teams that are kind of happy to be there, I think. Uh, fewer of those this year than, than most years. But I, I, I don't know how I, I, I parse what Detroit is. Because they were a game out last year, but they seemed pretty good last year. It seems like the second year of them being on the upswing. This is part of their natural growth. You feel like it, when the schedule was put together for Dan Campbell or what he offered that to the, the Ford family, he said, you know, when you're three, everything happens the way or you're four, the way I, it should go, we should be in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, it's kind of played to plan. I mean, that's why you hire a guy, uh, the optimism goes. Uh, you look at San Francisco, and they're, you know, bridesmaids forever. Um, Baltimore, uh, you know, overcoming, overcoming. And then there's Kansas City. I mean, they, who, who, of those four teams with the narratives that have been built for them or they have defined for themselves, who's got the most to lose this week? And who, who, which team is going to be just devastated? Like, time to reassess, like Buffalo is having to, just because of a wide right, you know, doink. I think most to lose is probably San Francisco. Thank you. Most most to lose includes a loss. I've been uh, throwing around the terminology, throwing out the the terms, the dynasty that never was. Um, The comp I used was not great, uh, but it was the early 2000s Pistons because they won a title. But, I mean, you go to five Eastern Conference Finals. You you expect more than one title. At some point, yeah. Cool, you got one, but, you know, you kind of expect, like, you have a run that's that great, you expect more than, you know, nobody's mad. Banners, you know, fly forever, but still. the Niners have been to now four of the last five NFC Championship games, including three in a row. And even if, if they lose this game, they will have only actually ever been to one Super Bowl. I mean, so even if they win this game, you know, I think they still have the most to lose because if you get through this run with no titles, I mean, goodness gracious. And they have a longer Super Bowl draft than the Cowboys. People don't like to talk about that, but it is the truth. And it so will be Niners, a point. It will be. I think the Niners by far have the most to lose. I mean, because, it, you you know, people talk about how 
I don't mean to make everything about the Cowboys, but you know what we're going through with Mike McCarthy is very similar to the Jason Garrett eight and eight season. It's just better because yeah. you're twelve and five. Um, th- that is an extended version of this. It's like, oh, cool, you're going to title games all the time, but like, if you're not really doing anything about them, like, what's it really worth? Okay, so I I, I agree with you though. I'm I think that might be an exterior thing. I'm not sure how how internally upset they would be with with Shanahan and the crew if they lost again. I, I just don't know if there's that. I think they of all the teams would go, well, we'll just run it back, you know. We got we got everybody and, and by the way, we heard late last night that Debo didn't break anything, but he's only 50-50 this weekend. That does matter. I think he's the most uh, important cog in that machine. One of my very good friends, Rob Stats Guerrero, who does some work on ESPN radio, um, we could have him on if the Niners win and kind of gauge the temperature with him. Uh, I was kind of, you know, I'd rather I love if they to lose. See Oh, that's either way, but I, I would love to just kind of see the reactions of people, you know, on tweets and things like that. During Saturday night's game, I was kind of checking out Rob's tweets, also with Rob, by the way, um, and um, and everybody when when it looked tenuous for San Francisco, all these replies were like, "Got to move on from Shanahan." Mm-hmm. Gotta, it's year seven. It's year. So to your point, I think people would be pissed. I think people would say like, "So what? You've been to all these title games." Joel says in the chat, as a Niner fan, I agree, we have to win this year. Right. They, they, they by far have the most to lose. Interesting. Because um, it doesn't feel like there's pressure laid on him. And Andy Reid the same way. Obviously, there shouldn't be. But you, you get the sense that this, this year, among others, was solely the greatness of Pat Mahomes pulling and pushing and you know playing and doing everything he can to bring a team that has been settled steadily less talented and a loss or whatever they got their defensive dude is a free agent they ain't gonna be able to keep him and they're still got so many questions are they the second most devastated team if they lose this weekend or is it still pat mahomes and you know kelsey probably you could talk him into staying and andy Reid will drop a game plan and they'll be back next year i think even if you lose this game, if you're the Chiefs, you're you're already you're past icing on the cake. Right. This is the this is the little goodie bag that you get to walk home with from the kids' birthday party that nobody actually wants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this this is just free. this is Brady in 08, 09. We're yeah, only halfway like, through this run. I mean, yeah, you are more than fine. I saw uh, uh, Big Cat uh, had a tweet that was really great. He was like, "There's some kid who's 12 years old that's going to be making like clutch catches for Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game." like eight or nine years like to your point that's kind of crazy to think about um so i think you're completely fine uh now you know when you get close you want them all you're like oh well we would love to you know if we could have had five instead of having four or whatever like you know there are some that brady obviously would you know like to have and have more than seven but um i think kansas city is is really fine if they lose i think detroit the the scary thing with detroit is you just yeah you're not sure if you'll be back you know it's detroit you never know. Like people always say, it's stuff like this. Like, oh, this is just the beginning. They're going to be back a lot. They're Doesn't feel be like back. It. there is no guarantee. No, nothing is promised. Because Goff is not a young man, you know. So you you feel like while they're young in places and young coaches, uh, the window's a little bit shorter than a lot of people think. And Harbaugh, he is as safe as any coach has ever been safe in his whole life. And good, bad, or indifferent, uh, Harbaugh's good, right? Who? who yeah. yeah. Who does a win do the most for? Harbaugh. Like, what's what's Harbaugh is who the win does the most. Well, I think Reed, you know, been there. Campbell, it would yes. Campbell, it would put him in an echelon. I don't know where I would put the, a, a Super Bowl champion head coach like that. There's probably one or two that you know did it with you know z- zeal and effort and want to. But uh, yeah, I think Campbell gets 
uh, catapulted, but Shanahan, it would be part of the dynasty. I think Kyle would be crowned and forever be one of those velvet coat-wearing guys if he wanted. I- I'll say the most would be for Shanahan. I think you had it right at first, and I think you, you really? had it in your hands and you let it go. I think that Lions fans have the most to gain. Like, it would be such a cool thing. I don't know. Like, the Cubs winning the World Series is kind of close. Um, I can't think of an in- I mean, I- we The Rangers winning a World Series. Well, I think a lot of people, again, ourselves not included, enjoyed the Raptors, you know, winning the NBA title just because of their fans. But, um, but I mean, so the Lions would offer that kind of thing. But if you use the word legacy, I think the Ravens winning the Super Bowl is the most legacy ultimate. It would be Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, well, we're starting it, it, to put Harbaugh in the pantheon of the truly greats if he gets yeah, the Har- Yeah, Harbaugh now has two titles. Yeah. The Ravens as a franchise have three. And Lamar, who's going to win MVP, is all of a sudden, and I use the word only very loosely, only one Super Bowl behind Mahomes. Because Mahomes has two titles, two MVPs. Lamar's about to have two MVPs, would obviously have the title. I mean, like, we're talking, we're putting Lamar in the, like, very, very, very great conversations now if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. Just putting things into context as we're getting closer and closer to a conference football weekend that is going to be spectacular. And remember, if you want to make sure you got it, if you can't watch it, you can listen live right here at all of our uh, conference championship coverage is brought to you by Flight by Yingling, this weekend's games uh, covered exclusively by them. We want to thank them for helping us get things going. Hey, coming back here on the big show, uh, Embiid went and got 70, Wimby had 33, but the story was Hall of Fame worthy last night as Wimby went to, went toe to toe with one of the very best and it just didn't go all that well. Uh, but first and foremost, if the Cowboys are 1% unsure whether or not they're going to keep Dak around long term, then they need to make the contracts work and go all in next season. That is a premise that I do believe means chasing. We're going to talk that in Conference Championship Week. And, oh, that's right. We gave up 70 last night in a valiant effort. More San Antonio Sports Talk coming next right here on 94.1 uh, San Antonio Sports Star. Are you in pain? Are you feeling good about yourself, or did you start the day like you did yesterday and the day before? Limping or, or, or getting going without everything you need? Don't let pain keep you from doing things that you love. That's why Arosti has been so successful, because they're so good about getting people like you out of pain. You know, I'm of an age where I've had lower back issues most of my adult life, and you kind of get used to it, and you start just kind of putting up with it. Don't! There's life out there, and if pain is keeping you from doing it, call Arasi. They're all around San Antonio, and they have but one job in mind. That's to get you out of pain, and the way they do it is unique. It's not about surgery, not about long-term treatment. They get in and fix the problem, and the problem goes away, and the pain stops. You know, I had lower back issues, but I found out when I went to Arasi, it wasn't my back. It was my hamstrings. They went to work, and before you know it, it got them fixed. And then they showed me how to get myself out of pain or keep it from even happening. They can do that for you. So if you're dealing, dealing with a sprained ankle, some sort of uh, lower issue on, on your body, Body's in a bad knee, a, a locked knee, or a frozen shoulder. Maybe it's back pain like mine, plantar fasciitis, tension headaches. Man, I can keep going. Let them get a whack at it. They are good about it, and they get it done fast. Under four visits for most. Be like Tony Parker, Becky Hammond, just to name a few, have gone to take a Rosti to the professional level to get them back in the game. Don't let pain keep you from doing things that you love. Walk in, use your insurance. They accept most, and you never need a referral. Write this number down, 1-800-404-6050. Call them today. Get yourself in there. Before you know it, you're back in the game. And when you are, thank me later. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. I say that with a smile on my face. 
He is RJ Ochoa, the blogging of the boys, captain of the ship. I'm Rob Thompson. I was uh, scrolling through the socials, the socials just now. Doom scrolling, as it were. What do you What do you do during the breaks? I noticed I wasn't talking to you. That's why I was I was lost in my social I, uh, media feed. Why? Sometimes make a coffee. Sometimes read. Sometimes scroll. Sometimes, you know. Sometimes I just think. <laughs> you were deep in thought. You know, we we've yeah. we've had a chance to watch the Spurs uh, slowly get better over the last couple of weeks. Uh, last night, um, an exclamation point from Wimby. Uh, he's with his thirty-three point output. He is now averaging over twenty points a game, and his single game outputs have been ridiculous. And I think uh, as as much as we're going to talk about Joel Embiid's seventy point, point seventy point performance last night, ESPN did uh, Victor a service. They did show some of his highlights as he got thirty-three and twenty-eight. He continues that point a minute run uh pop left him out on an island uh he went to school last night and it didn't go well for him i mean Embiid used and abused bullied was a headline i saw but uh, i think it's one of those i don't know one of those necessary steps that you i remember the first time i took my uh my my dog to the dog park and you know okay. you kind of socializing your dog and uh, you got a mid-sized dog, and they play pretty well with the, with the mid-sized dogs. But now it's time to get in the big part of the side of the park. Go let him go go run with with the with the big ones, the 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 the, the Great Danes and the, the Golden Retrievers and the Labs and the ones that are out there. It's big. It's big dog playtime. And first time I went out there, boy, the dog got just beat up. I mean, just not violently, but you know, just physically not there. But after a couple of times out there, oh, Avery, she's in it. And you know you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta get baptized. And last night, for lack of a better term, Wimby got a seventy burger dropped on him. He got baptized. This is one of those nights that he will never forget. He gave up seventy, and about sixty of it was on him. So I agree with you completely, and I don't think you're trying to act like Wimby had a bad game. No, no, right. it's but, the growth. It's the maturation process that every great player has to go through growing pains um you know all positive experience i think that again i don't know anybody that's you know down on this and it's a it's a weird kind of it's a unique game in that sense but i mean he fought back i mean like you know and never cried about it i never saw him look at pop i never saw him yell another player late for help after he got posterized and and there were a couple of drop step dunks that were square into Wimby's chest. I mean, it just kept happening. And he, to his defense, he kept trying. Now it was uh, a knife to a gunfight. I mean, he just doesn't have the tools. Uh, but it was the effort that I wanted to see from a kid in a tough environment. He's in Philly. He's given up 38, 40, 45 points. And guess what? He's got to get back and play defense yet again. It's still coming. And he bowed up. He took his beatings. And then he went down on offense and didn't go crazy. Didn't do so much trying to come back that he ruined the rest of the game. All five starters in double figures. A worthy effort in a loss. I really don't know. Look, the the term moral victory gets thrown out way too ridiculously. But um, I don't know that I would call it that. But it was was as as peaceful of a loss as – this, you know, 
as as least hurtful of a of a loss could possibly be. And what's crazy is like it, it not only was a loss, it was literally a franchise record, not just for the Sixers, obviously, but for the Spurs. Literally more points than anybody had ever scored. If I told you at any point in time ever that you like, hey Rob, if you watch this game tonight, somebody is going to go off for the most points that has ever been scored against the Spurs. Be like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> like, You'd have thought it'd been agony, but yeah, it really this wasn't. Is, this this is going to suck. Like this, I won't enjoy this one bit. But like, it was such a great game. Um, it was promising outside of the city uniforms, obviously. Um, it was promising. We saw the right things, and you're right. It wasn't just Wimby. It was ev- It was offensive success. Defensive, not so much. But overall, a, a I wouldn't even say a step, and I would say a leap in the right direction, which really just kind of you know is a testament to how much ground they had to go. I'm feeling pretty positive today about the Spurs, and it goes even I, deeper than this. I'm gonna give you another you reason be? to feel good about your well. The, well they, okay, well we haven't even reached double. We can We don't have enough wins to match our fingers. Unless you're working with Wood. Okay, this will make you a little bit happier. Uh, I was embarrassed with the Charlotte loss the other day. That was a game you felt like, you know, you you, should have won. Just for a lot of reasons. It was just a rookie outing in a lot of ways. Well, that Charlotte team is actually playing better than we thought. Last night, they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, they give up 44 points in the first half to Carl Anthony Towns. And come back and beat them. So Charlotte is actually playing a little bit better than we gave them credit for. So that win, you know, in that uh, Ken Palm on index in, in college football, where you, you're going on winning percentages of teams that you used to play, and, and, a, and a, an average win early in the season could turn into a great win later because that team was better than we thought they were. I think that the win, that the loss wasn't as bad to Charlotte as I gave it. And Charlotte is actually on a little run right now, and they're feeling themselves. And uh, it just goes to show that, Despite the W's and L's, and you know, I hate for yet again talking about moral victories, that this team at this point in the season, as we're just over halfway, is improving by the day. That they are getting better, and we're seeing fruits of the labor. We're seeing fruits of the juggling of the uh, the roster and the starting lineup. We're seeing things that are ju- that are actually working now. That you know, we're probably in the lab in practice over some weeks. For example, uh, last night I love watching Blake Wesley and, and Trey on the f- court at the same time. It, it takes away some scoring punch. It does. But what it does is it increases the crispness of the offense, and the perimeter defense is better. Now, yeah, we got hammered. We did. But th- that offense does work. That's a, that's a set. That's a group of five that play well together. And that's one of those things you put in the positive side of the ledger, even though there's a loss. That group plays well together. At least they did last night. All five uh, of those guys played well. Keldon played adequately, getting going and getting buckets late against an Embiid that was feeling it. And, and Keldon got into his chest a couple times. Lots of positive things last night came out of it. And not the least of which was watching Wimby give up 70 because – he did defend him well on, on some instances. He did alter shots. He did do what he's good at, and he improved on some of the things that he's bad at. If we look at everything as a whole, right, I get what you're saying. Life is good. You know, glass is half full. The, um, the paper towel is over. Is over the optimistic approach or under, right? Oh, it's over. Over, over the top. Right. Okay. Um, Oh, are you somebody who's like sensitive about? This? Oh, yes, I am. That's a point. Of, it has to do with lunar pool and neap tides. It's okay. science. It has to so, go to the top. 
I think people, if we look back after the back-to-back Phoenix wins, maybe we were like, oh, this is just going to be like easy street from the jump. That was a lie. Yes. Right? And then everything falls apart, everything falls apart, everything falls apart. I think that the win in Detroit, the Wemby triple-double, was the, the like inflection point for optimism to be reborn. Mm-hmm. And since then, there's been a bit of a change, teeny bit of a change. They had the you know back-to-back wins, obviously, for the first time uh, since that Phoenix trip. But and and they've you know kind of been climbing, climbing, climbing. So now now they're not quite at the adult table again, but they're like the oldest kid, maybe second oldest kid at the kids' table. They're not a gimme. But are we at the point now where it's we? We've let we've given the patience, we've given slack, we've given leeway, we've given rope. Do, are we are we at a point where you've got to make a trade at the deadline? Yes, uh, you, and that's you, like it's you, interesting. You've proven yourself to be that quality. You have mm-hmm. to. You cannot say we don't want to do it because we're still waiting. No, now it's time. You're that good, not good, but I mean, relatively speaking, if you don't do it, we're going to be a little pissed off. It's well, the presumption so. is that we're seeing this unit start to play well together, and on their own, if left to their devices, and we didn't add anything, they're getting better. And I think by early March and another month, they're a team that should be able to play 500 basketball against teams of their level. I don't expect them to play 500 basketball uh, uh, against playoff, you know, championship level teams. That's not going to happen. But against teams that are on their level with their level of stars and age and, and progress and their own particular idioms, that they should be competitive. And I and if we didn't do anything, I think we'll be happy with what we're seeing in March. But the fact is, just as they're finding their depth with this grouping, we're going to have to shake the snow globe up. So just as we're finding Doug McDermott, find his spots, and we find Blake Wesley playing well, it could easily mean those two dudes are gone. I mean, just just because it's working well now, they're exhibiting skill sets that might be amenable to the future, though I think the only real thing the Spurs have to deal with are lots of great draft picks and a couple of expiring contracts from two dudes that play pretty much the same kind of game in Chetty and, and McDermott. And that's right. really all they're going to be dealing with. So if I'm, if I'm shopping... After what I've seen, and I've seen Blake Wesley, which I can get on the cheap and can make my own decision, uh, and I've seen some other guys come out and do some things, it doesn't mean I'm not asking about current talent, but I I do get the sense that just as we're getting comfortable, things are about to get uncomfortable again because of the necessity of the moves that have to be made. Right. It's it's time to, you know, you know what or you know what. Right. And Get off the pot. That's just We want you to get off the pot. Exactly. Like we we know you've been in there scrolling on your phone, but you got to come out. You got to socialize with the rest of us. You got to be legitimate at this point in time. Um, I think it's helpful to just throw things out, right? Like even things that might be dumb, but just throw them out, right? It's, it's helpful. Just to kind of you know sp- spin things around. We've talked to Jante, we've talked Trey Young. I saw yesterday. Everybody saw yesterday. Shams noted. Hawks are looking for some a home for D'Angelo Russell if they mm-hmm. do move Dejounte again. Just throw throw the crap out. You're the wall. What do you think, Wall? Uh, for D'Angelo Russell, I would yeah. have to. Uh, that's a guy that gets guys teams that are closer than the Spurs are better. I, I'm not sure he's a he's a better Keldon right now. He's good. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, and I think he would help the Hawks. And he's and he's when he's been allowed to be a help with the Lakers, he they has. They don't want him though. That's I know what I'm saying. They, they, 
They don't want him. So th- there's talent there, but where the Spurs are going, I'm not sure. He's one of the final pieces. He's not an early piece, if that's the best way to put it. But, hey, right now I'm willing to listen to anything. And if you're going to tell me that's the deal, I- I'm-, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't want a long-term commitment with this cat, but I I do appreciate the skills that he brings, and it would bring us a little bit closer, at least in the planning of where we want to be uh, in two years. I think we have to stop looking for – we can't be shallow hal about this. You know what I mean? We can't be like, well, it has to be the right. Right. Piece. It has to make the perfect. right. Perfect. It's the it biggest be, enemy of great. You know it, what I mean? It has to be. It has to be perfect. The contract it has to line up, and every you can't have the player option. Like at some point, you've got to make a move. Like you, you got to be. Fate smiled upon you. Act on it. Now I'm not sure how fate smiled last night, but well, I mean no, but I mean, the, we, you know we're going to talk about the, the, you know in the in the history of the NBA. There's only been three centers that have gone and done this. Now, Wilt did over 76 times, one of them with 100. So you don't even count. That's like uh, uh, Legends of Giants. Like, I guess that happened. I you know I don't have any video proof, but, you know, uh, I've, I've seen the, the bones. I, I, I've seen him holding the, the picture with 100. I assume it did. But to, the magnitude of what Wilt was doing in his era is just unfathomable to me. Just You did 70 or better six times, and you got 100, and, you know, it just seems like fable, like lore. So if you remove that, we saw another one, and David. In the history of the league, three dudes have done it, and we watched it last night. It's one of those momentous occasions that, unfortunately, Victor had a front row seat to. Do you know how many times 70 in general have been done? Just like forget. I would say forget center. Thirty times, maybe twenty, twenty-five times in the annals of the NBA. I'm, we're talking about nominal percentage-wise. One percent NBA or BAA history. Fourteen times. Oh, that's it. So only fourteen. I would have been we double saw, there. So we saw number fourteen, and it has to be when you get games like that a confluence of things. And part of the confluence was this is how the game started. Uh, and we get this is when the Spurs had circled this game. It was going to be Victor and, and the MVP going at each other. And, and pregame, uh, you're getting ready for it, and warmups are happening, and all the pressers come and find Pop and go, "Well, here we are. You got plans for Joel Embiid. You got big things you're going to do to win this game against the MVP." This is Pop's response: "We're going to hammer his ass." <laughs> I told Wemby to stick him. So you had to watch the words right in his stomach. Back him down over the rim and just throw him through the rim. That's what you can look forward to tonight. Don't tell Wemby I said that. You, yeah, you get the sense he knew what was coming. That's pop pregame. As uh, yeah, they they hammered him, hammered him straight to seventy, handed him straight to a jersey that's going to be hanging in Springfield. Though to Wemby's credit, thirty three minutes or twenty eight minutes, thirty three points. And what was an all-star level performance, and you cannot tell anybody anymore that he's not Rookie of the Year. Come on now. we got so much more to do and a whole hour to do it. Go grab yourself a cup of joe, listen to these fine sponsors, and be right back. He's RJ, I'm Rob, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. This is R&R in the morning. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom, touchdown, Cowboys. Wembenyama about three feet behind the line, got it! It's R&R in the morning with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Good morning! Good morning. 
Hey, good morning to you. He's RJ, I'm Rob. If you're talking left to right in your stereo headphones. Edwin, Easy e Hefner, on the other side of the double pane. Our DH, uh, Private Ryan, uh, just arrived in the building, RJ. And he informed me that we've had several other uh, new signups on the golf tournament. I'm amazed at how early we're, we're, we're filling up already. Um, and this isn't a threat and this isn't one of those like, you better sign up now in the next 10. Uh, we really are filling up early. We expect the golf course of Texas to be beautiful. All this lovely rain we're getting, uh, already a great course improved even better by the time we get there in late March, March the 25th. We're playing, uh, what I'm getting at is, Hey man, we want to see you. Uh, RJ and I'll be out there running around, uh, and, uh, we want to see you. Uh, so get yourself signed up. If you got a foursome, call your boss, call your friends, go ahead and sign up to save a little bit of money. If you're single, Hey, come on. It's no worries. Um, 120, get yourself signed up. We only got room for 144 golfers. So if you want to be one of the select, one of the few, go to essaysportstar.com, get yourself all signed up. And while you're there, uh, maybe you could pay for that foursome if you win our, our winter cash contest. So you might as well sign up. Maybe it's a two for one thing, uh, $2,024 to be had. And uh, while you're already at the site, uh, you might as well sign yourself up there. That's really well said, Rob. Did you, uh, in that brief respite as we uh, head toward the final lap of this uh, Miracle Mile show that we're doing, did you have uh, right. Did you have a snack? Did you go uh, recaffeinate, get some sugar? Because I just had a donut, and I feel fantastic. I did don't, not. Don't uh, tell but... Dr. Torres that. It wasn't about the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the need for sugar or caffeine, Doc. It was really, I just wanted something sweet. Don't worry, I'll walk it off. No, there's... There's definitely something in my future, I, I will say that, but uh, what I did uh, take a look at is the Oscar nominees. Are I saw them drop, and I, every year, this is the first year in a while I've seen a fair amount of these movies. I don't know how I blundered into that, because I don't feel like I've seen very many, but uh, only one I haven't, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but I, I'll see that like next week. I think it's finally going to be on the... Uh Oh, the, uh, dude, how have you not seen this? Yet? I did it on what purpose. I, I felt like that was one of the movies that would not that would translate pretty well to my big screen TV. Some big movies need to be on the screen, and I go to see them for that. But I felt like Oppenheimer uh, would fit okay. So um, I'll actually kind of you know take you a little bit behind the curtain here. Um, as a as a member of SB Nation, we are members. Oh, of you're, the you're a, Guild. yeah, you're a part of yeah, the guild. We're we're members of the Writers Guild, and so I get screeners mailed to me. And uh, the wife and I, we watched Oppenheimer. We had to watch it over two sittings. Um, it's a long one, yeah. A few weeks. Uh, I mean, it was my fault. She was kind of into it. I was like, Did you know really the story? Did, <laughs> did you know the story, and did it hold true to everything that you knew? I didn't know it in totality, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but it, 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 it was a banger. I mean, yeah. this, this was... I don't want to, like, oversell you. This was literally one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, it was, I, I get that It sense. was incredible. Um, and so it was amazing. We also, um, I'm with you. I've kind of seen more than I usually have at this Which point. Which is odd it's because not, I don't go to the theater that often. Right. It's not nominated, but I really want to see the Iron Claw. Um, so that's kind of next on my list. Um, but also in this list, Barbie. It took me a while to see that great movie. I mean, like such a great movie. But, and so, I mean, well, everything's losing Oppenheimer. I mean, to be, you know, honest here. Um, I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet. That's probably next on our list. Pack a lunch, um, man. It's on Disney Plus right now, and it's a lot. Um, you know, hey, speaking of, it, you... it's a good movie, and and I know the history of that. I got family from that part of the world, uh, and it goes back in the lore of my family as well. Um, that's the land, or at least the vicinity. Uh, you ever see the Pioneer Woman, the, the cook? She's a, a cook on a variety of food shows. Uh, she lives on a ranch in western Calif- uh, Western Oklahoma. Uh, that's part of the 
the plot line, that land that they live on, is part of the plot of the Leo DiCaprio movie. I have no... It's all stealing First Nationers, uh, Native Americans' rights. Uh, they were viewed as not smart enough to handle their own land deal. So that every every one of the Native Americans had land that everybody knew had oil on it. Uh, it was their land. They didn't take it from them. And they used legal means to take it, but they're questionable legal means. I mean, they had to hire an Anglo or a white man as their representative to help them make business decisions. And they conned them all out of their land. Well, that, you know, long story short is the... Uh, that land was part of the story that the pioneer woman was on. And uh, my wow. family has some old history with that as well. Unfortunate, bad well, history, I, but we acknowledge it. I will watch it. Um, if you watch Oppenheimer, I have oh, a, watch we it. have a staffer. We have a staffer at our side of blogging the boys. He saw Oppenheimer in theaters seven times. I don't have that much time. That's like 24 hours of movies. That's like Dude, seven I mean, times. That's three think hours. Think about the price. Think about the price. In- oh, you sneak. I mean, like. You go I mean, and fill your but, popcorn up and just take a little left. Um, I guess I'll, I'll say this now. I thought about this. Did you? When was the last time you went to the movies? Uh, um, I, I have done. I have done the cognitive research and, and the deep recesses of my mind. Does the uh, does the concert of Taylor Swift count? I didn't yeah. do that. I, mean, I was just if curious you saw it if that way, if you would count that. Uh, the last. If you went to the theater, that's what that's what I'm asking. Iron Claw. Oh, so like a week ago or two weeks recently? Ago, yeah. Like I have not. Which, been by the way, the movie's great. A, I have. I can't wait to see it. I have not watched a movie in theaters since Avengers Endgame in the spring of 2019. You're the problem. You're I mean, what's well, holding I mean, our theater industry back. <laughs> go spend some money, defense, brother. Stimulate the economy. Well, in, I, have, I have no problem renting movies and spending the money that way. I know. But in, in, uh, in my defense, the pandemic hit, and it was It's impossible. so funny the world and, has changed, uh, how yeah, the theater and, is not what it was, and yet I still see movies. It, 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 the well, delivery method we, has worked. I think you would agree with this. And then, you know, we had a kid. And uh, so now it's kind of impossible to do anything. And so um, we just, we rent a lot of movies. That's mm-hmm. what we do here. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's the dog can sit on my lap. You know what I mean? Like, we're good. Uh, I, I although do say, I will say, and don't be afraid to do this. There was a bit when I was working in the evenings doing radio. And I was kind of a stay-at-home dad during the day. I would watch my youngest, or my oldest and my youngest during the day. Uh, when they were little toddlers, dude, I would load them up and go to the theaters. The, you know, they were either asleep or enjoying it, and there were only like eight people in the theater. So if they started crying, it was no big deal. I, I saw a lot of movies way back then just to kind of get out of the house. Um, that's an interesting line of thought that I'll consider. It works. Last thing. Um, so we didn't touch on this, but um, it was announced like two hours ago that WWE Raw, uh, speaking of the of Iron Claw, sort of, um, is going to be on Netflix starting next year. It is a five billion dollar huge to stream this netflix is now now. but netflix is now firmly in the sports streaming business Uh, i hear there's more uh, coming from netflix as well uh they're looking at some football uh uh, too Um, and really more significantly and let's play this into the narrative we saw for the very first time a playoff game behind a paywall uh on peacock where you literally have to pay or at least give a credit card number for a subscription that you may or may not use to go watch and you knew at that moment that the NFL, even though they were, by their best numbers, they were down 12 to 15 million viewers because of the paywall. It was still enough that did go or already had Peacock to justify what will be in a couple of years. You want to watch the playoffs? It'll I mean, cost you a few pennies. And you're going to have to watch the commercials, too, which is the most galling of this. You can put it behind a paywall, <laughs> but at the very least, give me something other than commercials. I'm not paying for commercials. I um I'm not sticking up for the NFL or for yes, you are. or anything here. 
Oh, I actually am a fan of Peacock. We're watching Traders on I there. That's too. a great show. It is. But, but we, everyone freaked out like, oh, they have the gall to put an NFL game behind a paywall. Hello, Thursday Night Football has been on Amazon right. Prime for two years now. But like, it was, you know they were I mean? crappy games. It didn't, nobody cared. No. <laughs> well, I mean, that playoff game wasn't great. Well, it was but, still playoff. I mean, the, yeah, you're right. The point, the point is we are on the verge, I think, of all not just playoff games but like packages of things. Maybe not Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, but like Thursday Night Football. It might be like certain noon games. It might be, you know, who knows? But like I mean, the you're business right. like, special for the Spurs, we get 15 games. Kind of well, stuff. I mean, on the but on that note, we're what, however many you know months away from the Spurs being on Prime. You know, like for all we know, it is going to be a matter of like, hey, you know, you can have all you know divisional games. I all don't know, I but ask, like, is, and you're right, and I don't mind if you start to differentiate and everybody finds their their own little channel that delivers that particular yeah, thing. You, I like the but, segmentation, but, the cafeteria approach. Let me pick and choose, but allow me to pick and choose. And l- all I ask is a straight line from the game to me. Don't make me click here, then click there, and then enter through a paywall portal. and have to, Just let me click one place. I'm willing to pay for that. Let me ju- just That's let fair. me get there without any hassle. Let me know that this game will be there all the time with one click instead of go here, click there, uh, approve this, move over to this page. No, <laughs> which would which, uh, which has been uh, like watching the... the Spurs over the last three or four years. It's just been a circus act, and I know they know they've lost viewers because of it. The uh, also you got to enter like the captcha code. Uh, John Mulaney has a great bit of like you have to t- they have to prove to the robot yes. that you're not a robot. Um, I mean, but I actually think I mean we're talking sports, but like we we talked we started this whole conversation with the Oscars. We're you know a stone's throw away from whether it's the Oscars or the Emmys or um, Saturday Night Live, like you know what I mean, like tentpole events on television like that. Hey, away, those too. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, by the way, on the subject of whatever, um, <laughs> a woes. Not a Woj bomb, but a Woj, you know, uh, speaking of stones, a hand grenade. splash in the pool. Uh, the Hornets are trading Terry Rozier to the Heat. Scary so, Terry to the uh, Heat for what? Is for, a- for, a, for a 2027 first-round pick and Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Wow. Yeah. Say that so. again. So Scary Terry is now a Heat, and the Kyle Lowry now exiting the Heat. That was a short-term experiment. Now a Hornet. And, like, we talked about the Hornets. Charlotte's kind of on this little... They're getting better. You know, That's like, going to add some yeah. grit to a team that, you know, a little grit might help. Um, I think Miami is – that's the play. They felt like they need more offense. He's going to have a little scary Terry to help out Jimmy Butler. Uh, Tyler Hero, I still am watching very closely to see if he oh. stays. <laughs> but that's – that. okay, so Miami's pushing their cards in. Their, their chips are in. We know what their plan is. I wonder where uh, the next move is coming because there are more coming where – uh, the the deadline is uh, about three weeks out. Yeah, February. It's right around the Super Bowl week when we will we'll know where we're going. The, and the I do think the exact deadline is is the eighth. It's yeah. the Thursday that we'll be in Las Vegas. So we, we will get an idea of where teams are headed, and that that's a winning team making the move. And we'll talk about the addition of a uh, an offense offensive guy like Rozier. Going with a, the second best or oh, the third best, depending on what part of the country you live in, uh, rookie and Jaime Jaquez might be talking a little bit more Miami as we saw Philadelphia prove uh, that they do have, if not the best, at least one of the top three best players in the world as Joel Embiid went and got 70 against our young fella. 
Uh, Wimby was valiant in the in defeat. The Spurs go down by ten, but it took seventy points uh, from Embiid to do that. Uh, and at the same time, all five starters uh, um, were in double figures. It was a a worthy outing for a Spurs team that is due a little bit of home cooking. Uh, they got seven consecutive home games coming home. And then, uh, you know what happens after that? Goodbye. That time. They, uh, they hit the road and we, and they hit that annual rodeo road trip boot camp. So, uh, Spurs fans, make sure you're heading out uh, on Wednesday night and again on Friday when they're playing at home. Both late tips. Late tips. Oklahoma yeah. City and then Portland coming. Uh, I expect them to go with the EKG win loss, win loss, win loss. I don't think Oklahoma City is in reach, but uh, Portland, we're aiming for you on Friday night, baby. And after Wednesday night, maybe he gets a night com- off on Wednesday. We've committed, I think, three of the next, you know, of this seven game homestand, three wins. No, that's seven. Uh, yeah, no, it is seven. Um, three wins in these next seven games, right? You willing to say that? I, I, Find me the three. Three is an expectation. I expect Oklahoma three. C- loss. Oklahoma City. That's a loss. Portland. That's a win. Minnesota. Uh, that's a win. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're either gonna have to beat New Orleans, which ain't gonna be easy, or Orlando. One of those two will be a win. I want. This is what ideal in my world. Uh, Zion and that crew. They're they're aiming for something. If Wimby's tired, I don't play him against that. But I want Wimby ready. I want the I want it circled. You get Paolo. You got Paolo Blanchero coming. The last year's best, this year's best. Wimby, go do something. This will be a thirty-five night, thirty-five minute night for you. Go get something on that night. That'll be the third win in this homestand as they head into it. Hey, coming back, we're just a couple of days away from a phenomenal conference championship weekend. Who has the most to gain? Who has the most to lose? And let's not kid ourselves. Who do we really like here? We're talking championship-level football from championship-level shows. We'll go find them. We'll be right back. This is Rob and RJ here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. Robin RJ sitting comfortably. Hope you are comfortable wherever you are. Comfortably listen to us. We're just the beginning of a full sporting day here on San Antonio Sports Star. Greeny is around the bend. I expect him to come to work today. Jim Rome will swing in on a vine. Before you know it, the Blitz will be here. Then we'll be taking you toward Aggie basketball as they're taking on Missouri tonight. Full day as we head toward conference championships. You know, uh, it, it's so... Interesting to watch the end of a, a season for a team with high expectations, and you watch what's going on in Buffalo right now, and the you know the self examination that's going on in Buffalo, uh, what went on with Dallas. I think of the two primary along with Philadelphia, and everybody's you know heads are ro- will roll. Philadelphia fired both coordinators, it appears, and we'll go back to the drawing board. Cowboys haven't done anything yet, although I don't think they will, and Buffalo's got some. Some uh, self-examination, all for a wide right kick. That kick is five feet feet to the left, and uh, no questions. Everything they did was right. Every plan they made was correct. Every call they played, uh, they made, and every effort they did got them to a championship thing, and there's no questions. But they go wide right, and now the world has fallen. Where is Josh Allen in your mind today? Is he equal to Dak, ahead of Dak, above Dak, below Dak? Where does he sit in the list of quarterbacks that have been prominent failures? I think he's probably equal with Dak. Equal. In my mind. But I think the national media has always held on to one thing. A, a big thought process of mine is um, 
borrowed from Harvey Dent, uh, so to speak. <laughs> okay. um, a a you know, Batman fan? In, in a way, yeah. Uh, Harvey says you, you, know, you, you either want to – you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Right. Um, and so in that sense, if you cannot win a Super Bowl, the next best thing to happen to and for you from a legacy standpoint is to die trying. It is, is to come so close that people can debate about it forever and ever and ever and ever. Tony Romo's career has been romanticized yeah. because of the Des Cotta game and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he's been made to be a lot better than he – really was and that's somebody you know i'm somebody who really appreciated tony Romo's career and so to that point josh allen has gotten so much credit for the 2021 divisional mm-hmm. loss to the chiefs that that is the game that his entire legacy is built off of i don't mean to say or intimate that he's trash that's not my point but he's not as great as the national media would kind of have you believe and they're afraid to go after him because he's fun and he's likable on the bills and they smash tables but when they lose the have you did did first take and und, you know indisputed or whoever did they set you know record ratings after the bills lost on sunday the way on monday morning the way they did the cowboys no because did they, did they devote a fraction of the energy to that no because the bills are cool and fun and interesting when they're winning and they're in it and they're relevant but when they lose it's like oh okay like we'll put that in the toy chest and we don't have to play with it for another year like we're good you know what I mean? Like, they're so insignificant at the end of the day. Uh, Rudy agrees Josh Allen is nothing. I mean, like, is he, is he, and at some point, you have to hold him accountable for being 0 3 against the Chiefs. Now, the he's, he's under contract, right? He's, they got him. Oh, he already, he already got the bag. What is yeah, like 46 good. a year or something? He's, he's getting paid a fair amount. So they're stuck with him. They're, they're not in the situation that the Cowboys are where they can legitimately decide. I mean, we we could kind of get out. It, it'll cost us a little bit in the short run, but we can get out from underneath this. We're not we're not stuck for the next four years with this. Would There's, you rather be the Cowboys looking at the same dude uh, with the opportunity to say goodbye, or would you rather be Buffalo with a gunslinger in hand? All we got to do is maybe find a different coach, some different receivers, a better defense, and uh, maybe a stadium with a roof on it. Uh, but other than that, we're in pretty good shape. By the way, it is so funny that they're so hell-bent on building a roofless stadium. And it costs them um, every time. Yeah. Over and over and over. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't make you badass that you play yeah. in the cold. The Vikings I mean, initially, whatever. after Bud Grant yeah. finally went away, they go, you know what? The old dude's gone. Let's put a roof on this place. It's yeah, cold over exactly. Um, so, I mean, it depends if you're a glass-half-full, glass-half-empty kind of person, right? Wait. Like, Josh Allen's younger. Um, but he's not, you know. Josh Allen is any- better. He's better than Dak Prescott. He's got a better arm. He is more mobile. He has just been. A, he's a victim of some of the circumstances. Some of it he brought on himself. He's a victim of his own circumstances. But you're right. You he's about? got a little Brett Favre in him. He does pull the trigger a little bit quicker. But I would rather have that. Ray I would rather Allen have is- Josh Allen every day of the week over Dak. Every day of the week. Ray says Allen is much better than Dak because he plays better in the clutch than Dak in the big game. So are we, are we discounting the fumble that, that, that oh, Josh no, Allen had? Oh, no, I'm not like, taking oh, away any of that J- crap. J- no. Josh Allen had a fumble on, on the final possession of the game, and we're just going to forget about it because it you know no. it was recovered by his own teammates because a Chief tried to pick it up and, and take it all the way back to the end zone. No, we're, like that's what I'm saying. Like This dude has the most like Teflon protection above him. He has the right people in the national media that cape for him. 
And so nobody really wants to admit that he's – I mean, I'm not saying he's mid or he's average. He's very, 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 very good. But he's absolutely not clutch. I mean, like, consider the quarterbacks he's lost playoff games to. He lost to Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans version, obviously. Mm-hmm. He, he's lost three playoff games to Patrick Mahomes. He lost to Joe Burrow. He's John Stockton. That's who Josh Allen is, which is cool and fine. But, like, that's not – like, cool. you know, like, is anybody pumped about that? Like, you know, that's that's all he is. And, this is a random question, kind of a weird one. But if, if Josh Allen arrived in Dallas, they trade him. They trade quarterbacks. Contract, we, we signed back to a Josh Allen contract-friendly kind of thing, and we can fit them in, and we just flip them. I think both of them would be better. Why? Because of the different environs. I think that the problem with Buffalo is they take too many chances, and the problem with the Cowboys is we haven't taken enough. And I think that would regulate them, and it would kind of step on us a little bit, kind of step out there and make a damn play. EPA per play rankings in the 2023 regular season, Dak Prescott significantly, significantly ahead of Josh Allen. I, but I mean, there's like the eye test, man. There, you're what right. Are you talking the numbers about the don't test, lie. Like, I watch. I I see Josh Allen do things that Dak couldn't do in his wildest dreams. What are the things he did? He could chuck an incomplete pass to, to Stephon Diggs. Like that's it. Like we're, we're not he is on the most, every snap. But there, he's this, evil Knievel. Like I mean, like you know, it's like oh cool. You know like what? He, he's I'll he's got a. a a rocket for an arm, but like you're letting the dangly, you know, shiny things, you know, distract you from what's really at play here. I mean, he he's he's simply he's got all these touchdowns because he's a he's a much more refined version of Jalen Hurts and an incredible passer on top of that. But like he's got all these goal line rushing touchdowns, and his style of play is incredibly volatile and incredibly physical. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that that cannot last as he you know progresses throughout his NFL career. He is not as great of a processor as Dak Prescott. So now, you would keep I recognize, that I mean, over him. Well, well, I mean, now... Well, the numbers no, say I it's mean, the wiser the, choice, but... Well, the numbers won't say it soon enough if Dak gets his extension, right? Like, if Dak's a $60 million quarterback, then all of a sudden, like, yeah, I'd rather have the bargain that Josh Allen is relative to that, which is why you always want to get these deals done as soon as possible. But, I mean, Josh Allen is incredible. But the idea that he's clutch is silly. Do you know the, the playoff wins that he's had? Can you can you name first of all how well, many playoff wins? I, I can that Josh only think Allen? of two come to mind, so it's not like a lot. So Josh Allen, everybody forgets. By the way, they almost lost to the Dolphins, yeah. the seven seeded Dolphins last year. Okay, so he lost his first playoff game to the Texans. He beat the fraud Philip Rivers Colts in 2020, and I then they did beat the Ravens. They they beat the Ravens after that in the divisional round in 2020. Although that was you know yeah, with Lamar, I don't count kind of anything in in 20 at all. I don't count anything that happened that year. Okay, great. They blasted the Patriots in 2021 in the wild card round because they were awful, and then they got humbled in the 13 seconds game, whatever. They hung on by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin to beat the Dolphins last year in the Skylar Thompson game because Tua couldn't play and everything like that, and then they beat the Steelers this year. You know what I mean? Like they ha- he has the most like hollow playoff wins. Ray, I mean, I see your chat about Dak losing with the Packers. I'm not going to say like Dak has an exemplary playoff record, but like just because – you know, like we can say they both have some kind of not cool qualities. Like they, they're both a little overinflated. Dak is, is, you know, his negative qualities and his demerits are exacerbated because of the platform that he holds. But that's where Josh Allen is so protected. He is so insulated by the like, no one really cares about us, Buffalo Bills. Like, again, has anybody paid 
a fraction of attention to the fact that the Bills lost again? I mean, the, the fact that they couldn't get it done again? The, no, nobody cares because, oh, yeah, he'll have some, like, exciting play where he hurdles a dude in the you know week three of the regular season. That's the Josh Allen way. A field goal miss, and these questions are here. Five feet to the left, all things are great. Buffalo's on schedule, and the this, plan is moving forward. This is very similar to the Des Cotta game, actually. Do you, there was, what, like a minute and a half left? Do we really think that Mahomes, who was on fire, isn't going to waltz down the field and go get a field goal or a touchdown himself? No! I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we do all this. Dude, they are such whiners and complainers, the Bills are, and I like the Mafia. They whined and complained so much after the 13-seconds debacle. Instead of saying, you know what? We kind of suck <laughs> for letting you drive down the field in thirteen less than 13 seconds. And by the way, Sean McDermott, if he had gone for two when they scored that touchdown, they, it wouldn't have been a, a, a situation at all. They could have won the game outright. But anyway, because they fell apart with 13 seconds left, we had to change the whole rule. Name me a time that the Dallas Cowboys have benefited from the NFL literally changing a rule to cape to them in the way they lost the playoff game. Well, there's the whole substitution thing that we appreciate. Well, I mean, that that wasn't a change of the rule. That was literally a violation of the rule. <laughs> but, kind of was. Know, so, Normally, if the I mean, rule books involve the Cowboys on the short end, that's just part of the story. That You get everything else, but this you guys don't get. And they, the Cowboys never break that way. That's just part of being a, a Cowboy fan. We'll continue being the bad luck Cowboy fan. If you're going to rebuild the Cowboys, if you're going to wave goodbye to Dak, who do you keep and how much do you pay him? What are the linchpins of this Cowboy team that cannot be lost, whether you keep Dak or not? We'll talk about that. Look forward to a conference championship. And, hey, the Spurs are coming home, and they get to play the Oklahoma City Thunders, and they got a tall guy of their own. We'll talk about that in about 15 minutes. And when we get back, the moment we arrive, have your devices ready. I got uh, tickets to go see a very funny comedian coming around the corner. Hold on. Here it comes. This is uh, Robin RJ, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, it's Rob and RJ. You're on San Antonio Sports Star. Congratulations. You started your day out correctly. Uh, don't turn that dial. Don't change your device. There's lots more coming your direction. Uh, we'll get it done, and we'll bring in Greeny for his two-hour uh, of fun. The jungle is always busy. Then the Blitz will be here. Lots of talk with the Cowboys, I believe. Uh, Mother Football will be joining them today. Shireen, it is Tuesday. Uh, so don't go nowhere. Lock us in. Make sure you have uh, liked and subscribed and done all the things that are appropriate to your end of the thing. Uh, remember, this is free radio, but to make keep it free, you got to help us out there. Uh, I, I just saw a quote. I want to talk some basketball as we because I wanted to start making nine thirty. Kind of, you, we have it on our rundown every day at nine thirty uh, as we get as we do our segments of the show and we plan and map the show out. Uh, at nine thirty, RJ likes to put. Everything is awful. The Cowboys suck. That's every day at nine thirty. It's on our. It, it just we get, we spend you know three and a half hours and we get to this every day. And normally I, I just take it as a joke and bypass. But I think we should. I, I look at it now, kind of like we should exhale the bad air and just vocalize all the bad stuff so that you can inhale the good stuff. You want to do a juice cleanse? Yeah, kind of like a juice cleanse. We'll just poop it all out. Yeah. Um, but you know everything's awful and it sucks. And if you're a Cowboy fan, if you're a Spur fan, if you're a variety of fandoms, everything awful, everything is awful, and my team sucks. There's just not a lot of teams that can go through that. 
So my cowboy fans are falling off, Rob. Yeah, well, uh, you know the the Astros. You can say everything awful. The world sucks. The Rangers went and got a ring, but it, you know there is the inhale. His name is Josh Hader. Suddenly, the, the Padres here so, feels better. I got Brandon. So the bad air for me is I cannot. Okay, I, I will. I will eat the 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 crap sandwich you're going to hand me with McCarthy because I kind of get it. He's a nice enough dude. The offense flows good enough when everything's rolling on, and the quarterback likes him. Even though I don't really like the quarterback either, but I get it. The bad air is Dan Quinn needs to be exhaled the hell out of here. Just just for everybody's sake, just for the building's sake, you're going to have to do it. Bad air out. I don't care who comes to replace him, change the scheme, change whatever, but he's got to go bad air out. What's yours? Um, because I got I mean, more. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely Dan Quinn. I mean, it's definitely somebody. It's de- anybody. I mean, literally anything needs to happen. Some change. I, I'm so jealous of the Philadelphia Eagles and that they're moving on from their offensive coordinators. Not because I think that their future is promising, but because I respect that they're willing to look at their situation and their circumstances and say this isn't working. We don't want to be patient. We we want we want to be impatient. We want acceleration of results. We're tired of waiting and waiting and waiting. I feel like we're in the last season of Game of Thrones, and we just saw the battle at Winterfell, and Arya, for whatever reason, just like can fly now and jumps out of the air <laughs> and stabs the Night King, and it's like, like okay, so this it? one, this this yeah, this one character who we've devoted all of this time towards understanding and learning about, we don't get to learn anything. He's supposed to be this like super bad boss dude Thank and you. just. One one person can take him out, and so like now it's like okay. I mean, I'm stuck, so I guess I'm just gonna finish this thing out. I do not want to end up with Bran as the one who wins, and that's where we're headed. If Dan Quinn stays, everything stays, nothing changes, everything is the same, everything still sucks. What sucks for you? Exhale it out. If you can type it, type it. If you want to say it, you can say it. We got a couple minutes left. Six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN. Cloudy, foggy, yuck. We got rain for the rest of the day. Let that bad air out. Uh, moving along with the bad air. Come on, pop. Come, come on, pop. We can see it. It's right there in front of us. This team is getting better. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. But why did you do that to your star last night? Why oh, did you do oh, that to us? Come on. I'm getting on me for participation trophies. This is silly. You left your young stud alone with the with the Grim oh Reaper for 37 minutes. And Bad. 70 points were produced, and you never gave him one bit of help. You never sent weak side help. You never doubled the front. You never covered the backside. You never you, you didn't allow him to come off. You didn't bring Zach Collins in for an interminable amount of, of, of time. I didn't notice Derek Barlow didn't get a taste of that medicine either. You left your stud out there to not be embarrassed, but to suffer the consequences of being who he is. Now, I, you know, we heard we heard from Wimby earlier. Problems. You did it to David. No, I have but zero actually, issues he, with this. Hmm? I have zero issues. I did this, actually. Bob, this feels, Bob Hill did it to David, but uh, it was done to David. Kinda, this feels kind of privileged. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, how I, dare I appreciate you it because treat Wemby with it, it could have been awful. It could have gone another direction because a guy like Wemby has never been embarrassed like that. 
ever. Okay. Not once so, in his life has he ever faced a dude that handed him every move in the book and beat him up while he was doing it. He's never gone through that before. And about three quarters of this game in, you could have gone Euro and French on this and go, I'm a, what are you doing, man? Send me some I, help. Send me a lifeboat. I'm getting humiliated out here. And he was. He took it. I think you're... You're, you mentioned a little while ago that you're glass half full. I think you're glass half empty. I I'm, ex- I'm bad air out. This is no, bad air out. This is some Eeyore stuff because the positive to what this experience was was, hey, man, I sent you out there to go one-on-one with the MVP. And you, A, live to tell the tale. B, we were competitive as a team. And in, in the overall priority goal, we were in it despite the fact – I mean, yeah, like, I, I don't, I certainly don't want to call what, what Joel Embiid did empty calories, but like, as it was happening, it was not consequential in that he, the, the Sixers were boat racing the Spurs. So, I mean, I, I think you should look at it as a high level of trust that was placed in Wemby's hands, and he delivered. Not only did, I mean, look, he allowed, look, Embiid went off, and that's fine, but Wemby had 33 points. I mean, again, you're, this is this is a little, you know, a little pessimistic, Rob. You know, well, pick, pick, I, I think when the bit. alarm went off this morning. Wimby woke up and it was like, ooh, that was a rough one. He's sore today because he got beat up. I mean, it was a physically demanding kind of defense he was forced to play because there was no help coming and Embiid was planting himself in the paint and it was a layup drill. He was, you know, two, he was doing the Moses Malone one, two, three rebound bucket just to pad the stats all the way across. It wasn't intentional and you're right. That what the benefits of what Pop did was he put his star out on an island. He told him, I trust you. Just go do what you can. And everybody kind of followed suit and they played well. And we, and we had five starters in double figures. We had, uh, we've got the, the growing role of Blake Wesley. I don't know if it's long term, but I can tell you over the last 10, 12 days, more Blake Wesley is a better Spurs team. So we're seeing more of that and, and in conjunction with Trey Jones. So I like that. I think over the last week, uh, McDermott is all or nothing kind of a thing, but as he's been hot, he's been um, had a little bit more of a gravitational pull, so it's allowed the offense to do some other things. But and Jeremy Sohan is better, twenty three points last night, and it's all trash for Jeremy. I mean, it, they're not doing anything for him, a- and he is flourishing in the role that we drafted him to go. So the in here after the exhale of my God, what are you doing to your star? Embarrassing him in front of the world was the team responded. They got better. They competed till the end, and it took sixty of of Joel's seventy to beat him. I still don't think anyone feels like Wemby was embarrassed. I, well, I mean, he again, was. I, you gave up seventy, bro. That that's a sting yeah. that you don't give up. You never forget your, your first, and he just got torched. I mean, and, and it was it was a man and boys. It wasn't fair, and no help was coming. Pop just stood there with his arm fair? crossed. They, they were well, competitive the entire game. They I were. Mean, he was competitive on one end, he and he did alter some shots. He did. You're right. He, he I, I, everything you're saying is right. Shots. But I mean, I don't. I do not think this was some like just you know Wemby was was a Joel Embiid punching bag. Like I oh, don't. He was. You know, it, I mean, maybe in in one like. Actually, like literal sense, but like that's that wasn't the totality of what happened. So like I have no um, air to clear with Pop on that. Um, I'm I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. I feel like the decision paid dividends. And to the point that you just okay. mentioned, we could shout out Jamie, we could shout out Devin, we could shout out Trey Jones, we could shout out a million people who played really well as a result of it was a catalytic effort that went. Okay, I will I will go down your trail. I will go with you. All right, I, I buy that. Then why not go for the win? 
Why not, if you're keeping it close all night long, maybe with the last five minutes of the game, we start doubling Joel. Maybe he doesn't get 70 and we hold him at 60. And guess what? You might actually win a game. You might have a night where two guys busted 60 and both of them lost if you gave them a half-ass effort in the fourth. But you continued to allow Joel to plant himself in the paint. You sent no help at all. And this is what you got. So, yeah, I get, okay, he had to learn, but you didn't even try to win. You didn't even bring in the extraness that would have helped. You just took the lesson. What do you mean they didn't try to win? They were up 35-34 after the first quarter. They did a lot of good things, but at some point a coach has to go, all right, you know what? Let's win this thing. Let's switch some things up. You know that that you being alone all night long? Now we're going to front him. Now we're going to not just go in a zone and let him patrol the paint and throw it high. We're going to do some things to take him out of the game. And they never did that. In fact, it looked like Pop was applauding every bucket. Like, guess what? I got to coach against a dude that got 70. I'll put that up on my wall, too. Because yeah, even maybe. in pregame, he was acting like, yeah, this is going to be a bad one. Uh, I, I, I have a sense that we're in trouble tonight. You could just okay. sense that he knew it was coming and said the cavalry never came over the hill. That's not true at all. The Cavalry was there from the beginning. <laughs> they were completely competitive the entire game, despite all of that. And the master manipulation or master coincidence of it all is that Pop was like, yeah, this dude's going to run all over us. And he did. And they almost won. I mean, <laughs> like, but so, so Pop looks kind of like a genius. Like Pop, you know, it was master manipulation, baby, because Pop oh. was like, yeah, this is going to be intense. We're literally going to have to tie this man down in order to have a chance in this game. And you know what? They didn't. You know what? He went off for 70. And to your point, he needed 60 points to beat the lowly Spurs in today's, you know, like moment. And why not go for the win? Because I got seven games coming up at home. So now's the time to get back, build up some confidence. We all know the circumstances at play. I mean, this is, you know. Give this, the man some help. You're, try you're to like, win. That's all I'm saying. Give the man they some did help. try to win. They no, they the didn't. <laughs> they had, they, there was zero attempt to stop Embiid with anything other than what they had doing. They, they didn't, they didn't alter the defense. They went into a weird zone thinking that might help, but it didn't because they don't know what they're doing in that weird zone that they were trying. So Embiid just went to the free throw line after they fouled him on that initial inlet pass. So there was no attempt to stop him. I felt like Pop was doing Embiid a solid. He saw like everybody else after halftime, this could be a special night. I'm going to leave Victor alone. There'll be two lessons learned. One that Embiid deserves all the credit and all that. And the other one is uh, this is what the life is in the big-time world of modern basketball, Victor. There's going to be a lot of nights you're alone. I don't think that they – you know, exercised every option towards winning, but like this idea that they just like, you know, punted and you they know, punted when, RJ. When, they punted. When, he punted. They, you didn't you even punted. try. They you didn't go. You know what, Zach? Dominic, in go in quarter. there and d him up. And if either one of you guys let him <laughs> score, if he hits a shot from the field, it's a ten thousand dollar fine. Go play some oh. defense. <laughs> let Maxi beat us. Let Toby beat us. I mean, look, I don't know how you can be at all dissatisfied with the way that the Spurs played. And I don't know how you can act like it was some, you know, throwing to the wolves that Pop did to, from, from when Oh, he was in I a mean, blender it, all night. It, it was, a, it was a, a highly calculated level of trust that ultimately <sighs> yielded nothing but positive experience in a game where the Spurs played extraordinarily well and over-delivered on expectation. Less 
than a week ago, even less than a week ago today, the morning after the game, we were sitting here like, oh, they're going to Boston. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> like, they're, they're shipping up to Boston. Like, Tatum's going to go off. Like, Tatum. this is good. This is, this, they're dead on arrival. Like, they have no chance. And in the span of less than a week, Pop talked that talk. Pop acted like, yeah, we suck. We're humble. We're going to come in here. Embiid's going to go off. And Embiid did go off, and they still damn near – that might be a little bit of a stretch, won the game. They were competitive, they were involved, and they significantly elevated our expectations of this team in one game, not even in four full quarters of basketball. That deserves all sorts of praise, not this like, oh, I need to cleanse and poop this out. Nah, get out of here with your juice on pop. There you go. See, bad air out, good air in. See, I wanted you to see, but you you didn't even know you needed it, RJC. You were so tense since Tuesday, and you're all worked up. I got you to exhale that bad stuff, and you brought it all back in. And now you get that level of zen that'll take you through a Tuesday. Now, the news we're looking Tuesday. Well, news we're looking for today. It dropped really early. Philadelphia is now in the market for two coordinators. Uh, Brian, not Ben, Brian Johnson is no longer the uh, coordinator there in Philadelphia, the offensive coordinator. He's been fired. Defensive coordinator been fired. Maybe a lateral move for Dan Quinn is in order. Um, no, that's not the case. But the Philadelphia Eagles are going through it, too. They're going through about, it as bad as the Cowboys are. What about, you know, you're, you're halfway there. Um, what if their new offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore? <laughs> A man can dream, right? <laughs> Who's going to get hired first, Harbaugh or Belichick? Harbaugh, easy. And he's landing with the Chargers, or is it the job oh, that yeah. Belichick doesn't want? Harbaugh's already hit up, you know, Lincoln, and is like, what are the like, where do, what's the best area? Like, what's got the best tax break around here? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. where where do I want to post up? Like, what's What's the spot? Um, Where does Bobby yeah. Slowick land? Somebody's going to hire him. No, you don't think he's going to get a head coaching gig? And I don't mean that in a in a negative way, but there's five openings left, mm-hmm. right? Five, I think. Um, you got Harbaugh, you got Belichick, gone. Both of them going to take one of them. Uh, right, Dan so Quinn, got three. Uh, okay, so who else? I mean, Mike Vrabel's going to take a job. Vrabel, there's three. Though. All three of those guys going to get a job, or at least they will have the right of first refusal for every one of them. Ben Johnson's going to take a job whenever this Lions run in. So, as, 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 you, you serious? Okay, I'll give you that. And then you could still go Mike McDonald from Baltimore. I mean, especially if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. And I Bowl, think there's right? a delay could... with that. Okay, the reason I bring that up is Texans fans, this is breaking right for you yet again. The best thing that the Texans can do this offseason is keep Bobby Slowick. Give him a raise. Give him a title. Give C.J. Stroud another year under a dude that he trusts. Give him another year. He can be Callahan next year and go get a gig, but give him two years with C.J. and pay through the nose to keep him. It's all about the people around you in that first three years of being a quarterback. You got an opportunity now, Texans. Things are breaking right for you as they continue to break right for all of us because you got to hear R.J. Ochoa for the last four hours. It was great. A lot of fun. Out with the bad air, good with the uh, end with the good air. It's been a lot of fun today. Hey, continue listening and do your due diligence. Go win $2,024 at SASportsStar.com. We'll see you tomorrow.